Hi, welcome to the second episode of Adapt Overcome, the podcast where I sit down and have unscripted conversations with guests who've all overcome some form of measurable life challenge in the hopes that the details of their stories may be able to help someone else who's struggling through their own challenges. My guest for today is an international model and cosplayer, part-time Twitch streamer, sometimes overall badass, and Karakwood. Thank you for sitting down for this. Thanks for uh, allowing me to sit down for this. Oh, and we thought I could about, be standing for this. Yeah, I was going to say, thought yeah. about making you stand, but you haven't gotten one of those fancy desks just yet. No, I've always wanted one of those, um, but I just don't want to renovate my entire room. I don't, I don't blame you. Things are expensive, like $500 for a decent one. Uh, Yeah, a decent one. Yeah, I've seen I've seen that they've had sales, but also they sell like gel pads that you can stand on to like cushion your like ankles when you're standing on those things. And those are another like couple hundred dollars, too. So it's kind of just like a huge invest. I'm not sure if they're scams or not. Standing desks? I don't know if it's just like a, a facade or something. Well, science has absolutely proven that sitting down is is detrimental to your health. Like truck drivers, you know, people yeah. who do long-term driving yeah. have uh, uh, very, you know, poor health, uh, really high rate of hemorrhoids, fun fact for you. And, and it's because they spend so much time sitting. Yeah. I figured that it would be like, you know, standing standing for long periods of time. I think anything for a long period of time is bad for you. I can standing. agree with that. Well, yeah. I'd say everything in moderation. Um you can survive pretty much anything as long as you don't overdo it. Yeah. So I think it was, uh, don't quote me on this, but I believe Hitler used to take small doses of cyanide, uh, if not daily, then frequently, in an effort to hopefully build up an immunity to it because he figured one day somebody was going to try to poison him. Can you actually do that? Can you develop an immunity to cyanide over time like that? I'm not going to take it to find out. I'm going to Google that later. <laughs> I have no. I know that he was like on a lot of coke or meth. Hitler? Yeah, he meth, did. Meth was a thing back then. I think I, I don't know. He was on a lot of uppers. Okay. Um, but like he, that's why he was having like what looked like temper tantrum fits when he was giving his speeches. Is like how he could just have the energy to like freak out like that. I watched a couple. This is gonna sound really fucked up, but um, I was like back when I was in college and I was like taking naps and stuff. I would like watch whatever I could on Netflix, and I started getting into the World War II segments. And, um, I was asleep and, uh, my boyfriend at the time came over and saw that I was asleep while watching a world war II documentary on Hitler's drugs that he would take. And they were like, yeah, he's on like a lot of Coke all the time. Then you said, that sounds like a lot of fun. And I was just like, this is calming to me. I'm just going to take a nap. This is on this couch. I don't know. I, it's just, I don't know. The world war II documentaries have like a really boring narrator. So it's really calming, but it's not calming topics that they're talking about, but it's just very soothing to war soothing to me. <laughs> I guess I have no idea. You're painting a really brutal picture. Yeah. Uh, you ever seen a uh, downfall? Nope. Y you know that nine. Out have of you ever seen any movie? <laughs> I've seen quite a few, just not the ones that you hold in high regard, apparently. <laughs> Downfall is really good. Okay. It's a documentary. Well, not a documentary. It's a like uh, it's a movie with real German actors, and they are literally like recreating the last moments of Hitler's life in that bunker. And they're showing everything. Okay. Everything. Like, everything. Like, cyanide pills to children. Like, everything. And it's brutal. And it's really good, but... See, here's the difference between you and I. Yeah. I, I'm not sure I want to see that. But it's great. I didn't sell you on that at all, though. I was like, but it's 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 cool if you're into history and you want to like, like Chernobyl. Have you seen Chernobyl? I saw the first episode. Yeah. It wasn't bad. I'm struggling to start the second episode because it's just not really, it's not really my thing. Is it just because, how is, how is it like not your thing? 
Um, all right. So did you ever see Sons of Anarchy? No. Okay, and I don't really like motorcycles, so I don't really fucking care. Okay, so then breaking. <laughs> so I don't fucking care about Harley Davidson motorcycles and shit. That's, it's not about motorcycles. That's what it looks like on the trailer. They're like, motorcycling. And I'm what? like, I don't care about that. I mean, it's got motorcycles in it, but fine. Uh, all right, so then Breaking Bad will be the example. Yeah. Breaking Bad was good. That's great. I won't watch it again. Well, yeah. Because it's one of those... I was grateful when it was done kind of things. It was just so intense. Yeah. So I'm finding myself watching this going, oh, he just killed her right next to, 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 to. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, Chernobyl's that way. Yeah. That's my, that's what I'm saying. Chernobyl. Okay. It's not a spoiler for anyone listening because the show just finished last week or so. Uh, but episode four was the hardest episode I've had to watch. And I bet there would be a lot of people who like don't respect the fact that this actual was a scenario that happened in real life. And I felt like people were going to be like, I'm not watching this show anymore. Like if it was like Game of Thrones or something, they'd be like, I'm not watching this anymore. There's a sad like it, you can't do that. But that's real life. That really happened. They yeah. had to do things like what they did in episode four. And it was so hard to watch. But I really liked it because it's history. And I think that if you actually acknowledge the fucked up stuff that people had to do in war and in scenarios like Chernobyl. If you don't, if you want to put that off in the back of your mind and act like it didn't happen, that's not fair to the people who had to execute those things. I could agree with that. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, my buddy Caleb, he's real into like, I, I had a hard time getting him to finish portal with me because mm. it just wasn't violent enough. He likes really, yeah. Oh, portals he, is fun. Oh, portals a blast. It, it hurts my brain, but it's fun, especially if you're drinking rum. Um, yeah, <laughs> I had a hard time getting him to finish it because it just it wasn't violent enough for him. And we were talking about Chernobyl the other night, and he's like, "Dude, it's so fucking brutal. It was hard for me to handle." I'm like, "He's probably talking about episode four. It, it's a possibility. All I know is, yeah, when he says something's brutal and hard for him to handle, it's hard. Yeah, I'm suddenly not interested. Like it's up there with Berserk. It's that hard." Have you not seen Berserk? No, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what does Caleb think of Berserk? Has he seen it? I've never even heard of it, so I have no idea if he's seen oh, it. Oh, he probably hard. has. He probably has. Yeah, I mean, people people are like elitist about it, and they're like, "Well, if you like the movies, then you like." I don't respect your opinion, but then people are also like, "If you if you are watching the old show, then I respect your opinion more." And then there's the people who believe in reading the manga instead. I watched the movies. I tried watching the show. It was too old and dated for me. But the movies, when you get past a little bit of the weird animation, like the horses don't blink and they look a little 3D. When you get past that, which isn't that hard to swallow, it's a it's a it's a brutal show. It's like I think it's it's more hard than Game of Thrones, like a hundred percent. I may have to check it out. I, I'm I'm at that point now where a lot of the shows that I do watch, a couple of them are ending long yeah. overdue to end. It's well, there's just, four, there's three or four movies. For Berserk. Oh, so it's they not... Re, they, they have the movies, and then they have the, the show. Okay. I skipped the show, which people don't like that I did that. Uh, the show was too slow and outdated for me. It looked really old. It didn't hold up that well. Sorry, whoever the fuck is pissed about what I just said. Kind of like but, Speed Racer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then the, the movies are really good, and they just basically just, like, sum up what that show was. Okay. And, and um, they... I think you'd like it if you gave it a shot, but it it's the kind of show where when I finished it, um, I didn't want to talk for the rest of the night. Like I, I, I felt uncomfortable. 
Um, I felt like there was nothing right with the world and I needed something really nice to watch after because I couldn't deal with it. It was was turning me away, (laughs) but it was so good. Like the fact that that show can make you feel that way was what was great about it, but it's such a good story. Okay. It's like, it's so good. And like guts, who's the main character. He's just a, he's just a guy trying to like be a good guy, man. Like fucking stuff happens and it's awesome. The fact that it, the fact that any show can hurt your feelings that bad means it's a good show. Oh, I don't disagree with that. Uh, yeah. I felt the same way about Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. When the when the Red Wedding happened, and I know a lot of people, well, I'm never watching it again. Oh, fuck them. And, well, and that's how yeah. I felt. I, I was bummed, of course. Yeah. You know, we just lost some great characters. Oh, but yeah. It was, I was still okay. I went Guess on what? with my day. More great characters came in after. There's great characters everywhere on that show. Yeah. It's, yeah. And, it's and the best character of all lost her mind, and that was just such a poor excuse for, for good writing. Uh, yeah, say it. I just, <laughs> I don't, yeah. But uh, Chernobyl is very, very good. Very hard to watch. Just like Downfall. I'll see if I can get back into it. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll try again, I should say. But Berserk is up there in terms of recommendations for animes to watch. Okay. If you're ever looking for something. It's very Game of Thronesy. It's very in that kind of realm of uh, era. All right. So it's medieval-y and it's awesome. Somebody tried to get me, this is going to get me in a lot of trouble. Uh, one of my best friends wanted me to watch the uh, Akira, Akira. How they say it? I haven't seen a- Akira movie. Yeah, got like half hour into it, and <laughs> I I have no opinion. I don't know which one that is. Finally, something that I've seen some of that you haven't. That makes me feel good. Yeah, it's now fine. you just got to watch Fringe. Fringe. Oh, wait, I think you said you tried Fringe. I think I did. I don't remember. It was so good. Well, for anybody who actually doesn't already know who you are, give us a little quick rundown of of your life, things that you like to do. Obviously, you're a cosplayer. Uh, I do cosplay. I do Twitch streaming. Um, I have a dog that's a corgi that everyone knows me more for her than myself and my work that I do. Uh, she's under the table. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I pretty much just like live at the gym and I do photo shoots all the time. It's pretty much my life. It's taken over a lot of my time. So I don't really have that many hobbies kind of knock escaping fish tanks. It's right over there, but it's like, that's kind of been your new thing lately. It's my new thing, yeah. Like working on fish tanks, which I've always been into fish tanks and stuff before. Uh, I ever got into cosplay or anything like that, so I just like got back into it slowly. But I'm trying to be like not like insane and like be one of those people that have like 12 fish tanks in their house. Right. Like I just want one. I can like maintain it and fuck around with it. But you have two. Yeah, I have two because I have an axolotl, but you can't aquascape an axolotl tank. They have to be in the full dark because they don't have eyelids. So they can't have any light on their eyes because they are supposed to be in like darker water. And also the water needs to be cold in their tank. So if you put a light on, you have to make sure that it's like an LED. Otherwise, it might heat up the water and bump it a couple of temperatures and they can like burn up in the tank. So they get a dark tank that's very boring and they have they're technically salamanders. So they have like a skin, like a mucus membrane on their skin so they can get scratched easily. So you just really want like a really boring tank. So what was the big appeal to them then? Uh, I thought that they lived to be like up to like four years old and they'll die, but that's not the case at all. At all. I thought they were going to be like super low, like maintenance, like they wouldn't live very long. John Gray hasn't had a, like, he never had a hamster growing up and he never had like fish growing up. He only had horses and cows and dogs and stuff. And so I was like, you never had anything in a tank before. And he's like, no, I'm like, let's get something that's like lives in a fish tank and like won't live very long and we wanted an axolotl and then we did our research after we bought them like we, we, we did our research enough but we didn't do it clearly enough because when we went to the store to buy one the sales associate told us all the wrong information 
So when I finally got our axolotl, we had her in the tiniest tank ever. She had the wrong filtration, the wrong setup. And then over time, I researched more into it and felt horrible that I was wrongly sold this pet that I ended up like figuring out how to accommodate for it. And we've had her for about six years now. How long do they, what's their expected life? 18 years. Holy shit. Yeah. So now (laughs) I'm like, I'm not going to be that fucking pet owner. That's like, I've made this decision. I have to stick. Like I'm, I made this decision. I have to stick with it. And this is my thing. Instead of being the pet owner being like, oops, sell it back. You know, I was like, well, I made this commitment. So now I'm, now I'm here. So you basically have a kid, 18 years that you have to take Yeah. And when we bought her, I think she's like six already. So I don't know. We have this Jesus. fucking pet that we're stuck with. Two of them now. Two. You got her a friend. Well, because I didn't want to just have a 55 gallon long with just one thing in there. I was like, yeah, we got two. It's fine. One kind of looks like a Dalmatian. Yeah. Her, she's cute. <laughs> All right. So basically then the way you would put it is your your hobbies, mm-hmm. which you often joke about on stream. You know, your hobbies are your job. You don't have yeah. a job. You have hobbies. Yeah. That's pretty much encompasses, you know, your life for the most part. Pretty much. Like when I do my taxes and stuff, I literally like I don't really spend much money on my own self. I spend all my money back on the cosplay stuff or my pets. And then like when it comes to buying anything for me, I I don't feel comfortable with that. I don't know why. I just don't. Yeah, you struggled to get your new vehicle. I really felt like I didn't deserve a new car. Like at all. <laughs> when we were looking at car stuff, um, like the car salesman was like, do you want a, uh, do you want a leather interior or a cloth interior? And I was like, cloth. And he's like, why would you like, it's only like a thousand dollars more to get like leather interior. I'm like, yeah, I don't deserve that though. He's like, you're like, you're old enough to have that. Like probably. And I was like, no, I don't like my last car. I had that one was brand new too. And I could have had leather interior and I decided that I wanted cloth interior because I felt like I didn't deserve it. So like this time when I got my new car, I was like, I'm going to get a backup camera. And <laughs> that was like, that was like a luxury. That's not actually something that's a necessity. So I couldn't really tell myself that I deserved a car with a backup camera or I deserved a car with a leather interior or anything like that. So I'm kind of like, uh, I'm going to get I, all the things. Do I deserve this? <laughs> no. <laughs> So, yeah, I struggle with that. I don't know. All right. We never really touched on exactly what challenge you wanted to talk about, but I had mentioned last night your entire childhood with, Mm -hmm. you know, very few moments. It's kind of one big giant challenge. It was a fucking mess. It sounds like it was a mess. (laughs) It was. Uh, And I'll be the first to say that, you know, when when bad things happen to you as an adult, I I feel like you've got uh, better reasoning skills to say, this sucks. This is terrible. Shit happens. Yeah. But you're already developed. You know, you are who you are. So while they will have some kind of an impact on you, who you turn out to be when it's all said and done is, is not so different from who you already were, I think. Whereas when you're a kid, yeah, you're developing your, your outlook on life and everything is, is, uh, pressed into you within the first, you know, eight to 10 years of your life predominantly. Yeah. Um, and all that shit started for you since I was pretty much out of the womb. Yeah. Yeah. I was three when my parents divorced and I basically was constantly, even though I like, I love my dad like so much. He's like my superhero. He's my best friend. Like he's, I love him to death, but he even was immature about it in the divorce. Like my mom would always shit talk my dad. My dad would always shit talk my mom. And basically it was a constant fight of my parents had joint custody of me. 
but they always were like, who do you want to live with more? Like, who do you want to stay with? Like they would constantly do that to get at each other. And after a while, when I was like seven or eight, I would just be like, uh, this is your fight. This isn't mine. So then I just somehow my brain would just be like, how about we just take ourselves out of the situation and let them deal with it and then don't listen to them and live your life. And so like, that's basically like what I did and how I was able to stay so sane in those moments. It was just like, eh, that's their thing. That's not mine. So like whenever they fought, I just was just like, I'm gonna go play video games. I'm going to go do something else. So it was kind of nice to just, you know, take comfort in your own self right. and not seek it from other people. So whenever I'm like upset or anything like that, I usually self-soothe pretty, pretty nicely for the most part. Um, but yeah, no, my childhood was all fucked up. <laughs> it's not very happy. It's not very fun to talk about, but uh, yeah. Do you remember what the catalyst was for your folks getting divorced at that age? Um, no, I think that my mom and my dad wanted to split up, uh, when I was before I was even, even thought of, I think it, it was when my brother was born. My brother's two years older than me. And when he was born, my mom and my dad were fighting and not getting along. And then I think my dad found out that my mom was pregnant because my aunt called my dad and was like saying that my mom wanted to get an abortion from with me. And she did get one, but I'm fucking here, bitch. It didn't work. <laughs> like, I think back then they were like, try Like that's when abortions were all shit. And like they went, went to like a sketchy place or something. And so the abortion that she tried to get with me didn't work. And my dad found out and they like tried to make things work. And then when I was three, they really couldn't make things work. And then my mom like left with my, with uh, all the furniture and all the kids and left and went home to another place and moved out when my dad was at work. Uh uh, I'm, uh, I'm confused. Sam. How does an abortion not work? It, I don't know. I don't know. I was, this is what I was told. I mean, you just about had to have had twin. Yeah. My mom's been pregnant with twins before and has gotten abortions with twins. So I wonder what the odds are that you were like, I, you don't see me. I'm just referring <laughs> to what I was told. I was told by my aunt that my mom actually did do that. And my, my mom had told my aunt that she was pregnant and she was going to go get an abortion. My other aunt, cause I have like three or four was driving her to the clinic and they went in and my, my aunt Cindy was like pissed and called my dad and ratted her out and was like, fuck. Like, I don't know. It's but complicated family history. Complicated. Just in the first it's so it's, nine months. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. So I've always had bullshit my whole life. So that's why like when it comes to dealing with politics in the industry that I work in, I have a zero tolerance for it. Um, I, I, I shut that shit down like real fast. I don't welcome it. I've had enough drama in my childhood. I don't need it anymore. I feel like I've done my time with the bullshit that when it comes to it, trying to seep into my life now, I've had so much that I will, I will not allow it to, to come into my life again. So I really am closed off to a lot of people for that very reason. I think it's, it's really smart and, you know, like, like we said before we started, I'm not going to mm -hmm. drag you through a whole bunch of cosplay. Oh, no, there are some th things that I want to mention uh, later because I do think it kind of pertains yeah. to the experiences that you had as a kid mm -hmm. and who you are today. Um, so how long was it after you, your folks split that your dad landed with the next mistake? Now, it's three when they split up um, and that starts to get a little blurry. 
uh, because you're three and your memories aren't really like sure. all that way. I, I fucking don't get the people that are like, yeah, I had my first memory when I was two. I had my first memory of that. I'm like, how do you fucking remember how specifically old you were when things like this happened? Like there's people that say that I don't remember how old I was when I had my first memory at all. I think I might've been like five or six, if anything, but I, you could, I could probably, I was dumb. I, maybe I was 10. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I was dumb. I was just not fucking, I wasn't really active in participating in my own life as a kid. I just was just kind of sitting around and just being, you know, a pawn in everyone else's bullshit as a kid. So I never really had my own voice or my own experiences or anything like that. Uh, Cause again, I was always grounded by my stepmom all the time. So like I was always just in my room, you know, right. not allowed to go out. Uh, but getting back to what you were saying, um, I think my dad married my stepmom when I was five. And I think one of my first memories was me being at my dad's house and my dad, I wasn't, I didn't go to their wedding. My mom wouldn't let me. So my dad wanted me to go to their wedding and my mom would like, was like, no, you're not allowed to go. I don't want you to see any of that shit. So like, I never saw them get married at all. They got married at like some friend's backyard, like a garden wedding kind of thing. I feel like not being there isn't something you regret. No, I'm actually like, honestly, I don't give a fuck that my dad got married and I didn't get to go see that. I don't care because I, I, I hated that woman. So it would have probably been like, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck? But, um, I remember coming home for visitation on Wednesdays. I would stay at my dad's for like three hours and I'd go back to my mom's. Um, that's a weirder story about why that we do that. But, uh, I would go over and my dad was like, this is your new mom. And I was like, huh? And this is my most specific first memory because again, I'm five. I don't know any five-year-old that would say what I said. And honestly, me knowing what I know now, I would have never said what I said. But I was like, I was like, she's not my mom. And he's like, yeah, she's your new mom. And I was like, no, I have a mom. And she's, he's like, no, well, this is your other mom. I'm like, I don't have another mom. That's not my other mom. And I'm thinking as a kid, I'm like, my mom gave birth to me. I'm not going back in and getting rebirthed again by that woman. So therefore she's not my mom. So that's, I'm being a dumb five-year-old. Okay. She's taking it as I'm being like an adult and being like, there's no fucking way you're my mom. I wasn't being that way. I was like, this doesn't make logical sense. So you got up on the wrong foot immediately. Oh yeah. And then I was, I asked my dad, I was like, well, so you can have more than one mom. And he's like, yeah, you can have more than one mom. And I was like, okay, how many other uh, moms has she been to other people and she had two other kids before and she was like well she's a she has two other kids and I was like what and my dad's like you have a brother and a sister now and I was like well what about my mom is that are those my actual mom's kids like those is now my stepbrothers and stepsisters that belong to my biological mother is that what, how this works because I was just like confused and then I was like dad how many times can you get married like how many times are you allowed to get married and he's like, well, I've been married twice now. And I was like, how many times has she been married? And he said six. And I went, Holy that's shit. too many times. I said that right in front of her face. <laughs> I was like, that's too many times. You can't do that. Is that allowed? And then he was like, oh, shit. And I was like, really freaked out from it. And I didn't like it. And then when uh, we got dropped back off at my mom's and I was like, mom, dad says I have a new mom now. And he's just like the fuck. And, uh, I was like, and she's 
did you know you can get married six times? And he's, she was like, what the fuck? And so like, then ever since then, uh, never, she never liked me. I never liked her. And the, that, that being married six times resonated for the rest of my life as a kid. Cause when my dad and my stepmom divorced, I was like, I told you the day you brought her here, she was married six times. That's a fucking red flag. I've at the time I was five. I've never dated anybody before. I know that's a bad sign. What the fuck, dad? He's like, oh, I just have a bad taste in women. <laughs> I'm like, yes, you do. I was actually going to say, I know that your father was basically you know, your hero, but is it safe to say that his taste in women was kind of oh, fucking it's garbage. That was horrible. Everyone in my family makes that joke. It's oh, horrible. Uh, I, to me, it wasn't a joke. It was just. Goddamn. We all, we all are like, uh, yeah, dude. He, he, like, he upgraded to more nuclear, like, crazy psycho women. The more and more he started, like, dating newer people, like, they got more psychotic, uh, and fucking bizarre. My mom was fine. My mom was just, my mom was n- not like explosive or of any type. My mom was like a hippie, and she was very uh, aloof. Um, if I was to sum up the relationship I had with my mom, it was actually more of a roommate. So my mom was there. She'd grocery shop. She wouldn't help you with your homework because it's not fun. She only wanted to have kids when it was fun. Like she was like, it's like basically a babysitter. She's like, yeah, I'll watch movies with you. Yeah. We'll decorate the house on holidays. But when it comes to being your parent and showing up to like school meetings and picking you up from aftercare or, you know, like telling you about puberty or being, you know, doing the hard part of being a parent or doing the thing that you have to do as a regular parent. She was like, not participate. She was negligent is what it sounds yeah, like. Yeah. So she was like, she wasn't like, yes, negligence, but it wasn't like it was, a, uh, you know, like she's not beating you up or anything. Right. So like my stepmom would. So it was kind of like either you go home to your mom, who's like negligent or you get to go see your dad who has like all the cool video games and all the cool gadgets and he's your best friend and he's actually a really good parent. He wants to be more involved in your life. But yeah, so like anytime, anytime I wanted to be around my dad or anything like that, I had my stepmom as a deteriorate from that. So it would be like, you want to hang out with your dad, but you have to get the shit kicked out of you by your stepmom all the time. And then you have to be grounded and then you have to be treated like you're a pathological liar and a sociopath for the whole weekend. So it would be like, do you want to spend more time with your dad? And my mom would always ask, like, who do you want to live with? My mom knew that my stepmom was there and that I didn't like her. So she would always be like, if you want to live with your dad, you can, but you got to deal with your stepmom. So living here is better, right? And like, she would be manipulative that way. So it was always like, there's always a catch. She needed to feel superior. And oh, yeah. she used you to do it, which oh, yeah. sucks. I hate yeah. when people do that with their kids. Yeah. It's like, I always wanted a, like at my mom's house, uh, I always wanted a, a, a cat. Like I always wanted a cat and, um, we got, my mom was like, we're going to foster kittens. And I was like, okay, cool. And we got all these kittens and we were bottle feeding them and they were like awesome. And then she made sure that I like loved them for like a couple weeks. And then she's like, where do you want to live? Your mom or your dad's? And I'm like, you, you can't fucking do that. Like she would do shit like that. I wanted a dog. We got a dog. We only had a dog for a week. Cause she got my half brother Todd to like bring it and rehome it to somewhere else because I, didn't tell her I wanted to live with her permanently because she got me a dog. Jesus. <laughs> I was like, whoo. Yeah. She would do shit like that. Cause I'd hesitate 
Because I didn't, I if I if I said I wanted to live with my mom permanently, I would never see my dad, and I loved my dad. But I never wanted to say I wanted to live with my dad because I knew my stepmom was there. So then it got to the point where it got dragged out so far that I was like, "Fuck you and your game." I'm living with my dad, and I put up with my stepmom for six years, and then um, they ended up getting a divorce. I mean, I told that story on stream. It was like a huge blowout where she one day. She wouldn't stop hitting me and I got sick of it. So she hit me right in front of my dad and I punched her back in the face and broke her nose. And then all hell broke loose and my dad realized that, oh, I actually let a really violent, abusive person into my daughter's life as a second chance for a mother. Couldn't handle that. They got a divorce. So your biological mother then was more of the mentally and emotionally abusive one and your mm-hmm. stepmother was all about the physical shit. No, all all about everything. Oh, she was like, an all in everything, one. everything. She would say Jack things. Jack of all trades. Oh yeah, she would say things like, which I could never understand. She would say things like, uh, "I usually love you, but today I don't." Ouch. Yeah. So I was just like, as a kid, I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> I was like, how do you, f- how do you feel that way? So you tell everybody that. Your biological mother's dead if they ask. Yeah. Why not the stepmom too? I mean, what a great story. Both my moms are dead. Both your moms? <laughs> I, I should start saying that now. Both of my moms. I think Were you, you raised by a lesbian couple? Oh my God. Depends on when you ask. Okay, I'm going to start saying that now. Cool. I realize that. That, well, that. That's the my, new story. I, I guarantee my stepmom doesn't give a fuck about whatever I do. When she left, clean cut. Never, never heard from her again. No messy ends. Nothing. That's good. Which is... Actually, like, as I'm getting older, I'm realizing how fucked up that is. Um, before, I was like, good, and fuck you, too, and I don't want to see you either, and good, we mutually hate each other, understood. But then as I'm getting older, I'm like, that's fucked up. <laughs> you were in my life for 10, 10 very important years of a child's life, from 5 to, like, 16 or so. Right. I'm like, that's, those are big, mo- you taught me how to drive a car? You know, like you taught me things about growing up and you're gone. Not that I need you as a support system, but I'm just like, you aren't even a little curious what the fuck I've been doing. Like she didn't have an emotional bond. No, I know. Which is wild. It's like you're gone. You're gone. You're gone. There's nothing. The last time I saw her was in court. Makes you wonder how people can be like that. doesn't It's fucking crazy. We were talking about um, uh, I was talking with a couple people last night about how if you, if you really want to, you can you can look into murders and rapes and you know abuse of any kind, and you can really boil that down to a mental malady. Yeah, you know anybody? Can you honestly look at somebody who commits a school shooting and say, no, he's in his right mind or she's in her right mind? No. Yeah, I, I don't think so. No. I also don't think that. Look, I'm all for for appropriate punishment. Yeah. You know, if you as a kid, if you do something that you're told not to do, odds are there's a reason you're told not to do it. I'm not against, you know, a swat on the butt. Nothing severe. You don't have to leave a mark. You don't have to leave it red. Just enough to get attention. Yeah. I don't consider that abuse. I consider that discipline because life is hard. When you become an adult, life kicks the shit out of you. Mm -hmm. And if you're really lucky, that doesn't start until you're an adult. Yeah. I think the best way to prepare people for the reality of life is, is to start it early. Don't rob them of their childhood. Don't be, you know, super strict, but... Here's why you don't touch a hot stove. And if you do it again, you're going to burn your hand. And I'm just going to say, I, to- well, I told you. Yeah. You know, th- that kind of thing. 
But when you look at somebody who abuses kids, you know, if you, if you beat the kids or, you know, people who tie kids up and put them in closets and shit like that, like that's, there's something up here that, that, oh, that yeah. can't be right. It there's, can't be right. The, this is really, really dark. Um, but my, when I was growing up with my stepmom, um, my stepsister was in my life a lot. Uh, she was, she was like, I think she was like 26 when I was 15 and she, uh, she got married and she was pregnant and she had a kid and she was always around, but she was always like really nervous whenever my stepmom was around. She was always really cool with me and I was always really cool with her. And, um, when she had her baby, my stepmom wanted to hold her, her, uh, grandchild and my stepsister started freaking out and crying and like, didn't want her to hold him and was like, no, no, no. And got like really nervous and me not realizing anything. I was just like, oh, she's just like a weird new mom. Like she doesn't want anyone to hold him. But she was like, no, I don't want him to, don't want you to hold them. I don't want my own mother to hold the, my. It was a trust son. issue. Yeah. She was like, I, she's been through a bunch of shit. She didn't want my stepmom to hold the kid to put her. Like, I guess it was symbolistic of that. Like right. she could do something to her, her grandkid or something. Like, I don't know. And in the entire time I can possibly remember, I never really saw my stepbrother too often. Um, he was in and out of rehab constantly. I didn't know why. Didn't care. None of my business. I'm playing fucking Animal Crossing. Fuck do I care? I'm a kid. I'm playing Star Wars. I'm trying to be a kid as much as I can. Um, when my dad finally filed for a divorce, my stepsister called my dad and was like, do you know why my steps, my step, uh, brother, his name's Donald. He's like, do you know why Donald is like never around? And, um, like, you're, like your, your ex-wife now. Uh, my dad's like, no, he's like in rehab and stuff. Apparently when he was, she was married to another man of the biological father of my stepbrother. Um, They're living in like New York and uh, he, Donald wouldn't stop crying and she didn't know how to make him shut up. Uh, so she uh, kicked him in the balls as a little baby and one of his testicles never descended. So he had a testosterone imbalance for this whole life and had to get surgery to get uh, his shit fixed and he's infertile and he's mentally fucked up from the uneven amounts of testosterone he was getting through his body. And so he was doing drugs and all that kind of stuff. And he doesn't want to be around a stepmom at all. My stepmom anymore. He was just like, I don't fucking want to be around it. My dad didn't know that. And no one told him when my dad married that woman and my dad just cried and was like, I can't believe I let my kids be around a woman like this. And, uh, two years later he died of a stress induced heart attack so like he he had all the guilt like about that. So that that oh she was also there was a bunch of court uh, hearings with her and she was banned from the state of New York for a couple of years. You know you have Google now you can research the bitch you're dating on Tinder right a little bit more but then you couldn't back then it was like eighties nineties or so. So was there ever any part of you that? This is, I mean, this is a shitty question, but did you ever feel like a little resentful of your dad for not seeing those signs or not knowing? I mean, 10 years, that's a long time to miss that. Um, he didn't miss any of the signs. Uh, he just was, he just, so basically like she had him around his finger or her finger all the time and would do the oh, she's a fucking kid. Who are you going to believe me? She's a fucking kid. Say stupid shit. Kid lie. Kids are dumb. She had me from the age of five up until 16. So she conditioned my dad into thinking that 
I am that way my whole life and that's who I am. So like I am a pathological lying child that steals and sneaks out of the house all the time. So because she was around that time in my life where I'm growing up, she was able to frame my dad's perception of me in that way. So he couldn't see the signs because she had, she had formula, formed everyone's opinion about me for them. Now, as far as you're aware, was there ever any kind of like physical altercations between the two of them prior to, you know, the close proximity of the divorce? Uh, no, he never like hit her or anything. No, I meant more like her attacking him. Uh, yeah, the literal, like the, the week before, uh, no, the two days before they filed for the divorce. Yeah. She tried to beat the shit out of him a couple of times. So basically for 10 years, she managed to keep herself. Yeah. As far as his, his viewpoint went really yeah. solid, neutral and reliable. She was always, she was always like really like confrontational and uh, hot blooded all the time. But she always said she was Italian and she was like, that's the way it is. It's me being Italian. And then we found out that she's not Italian. She's Puerto Rican, which doesn't matter because why the fuck would that matter? And and so she had her, her step, she married, uh, well, she, sorry, she had a step, my stepfather, my step grandfather or whatever. That's not her biological father. We thought that was his last name is Giordano. So we were like, oh, she's Italian. But she had a, she had like her biological father was Puerto Rican. So we kept seeing, thinking she was Italian and she would keep saying, I'm really confrontational because I'm Italian and I'm really loud because of this, but she's Puerto Rican, which doesn't fucking matter. But then my dad would be like, oh, that's how, that's how like Italians are. They're just really loud and they're assholes, I guess. I was like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. My dad is a conservative Boston guy. Irish Catholic. So they really, really lean on stereotypes when it comes to reactions for people. When I don't believe in stereotypes, I believe in people are people and they should act like fucking normal humans towards others. I don't care where you're from. Be nice to people, you know? I can agree with that. Yeah. It doesn't just because you're like, oh, well, I'm Italian, so I have to speak with my hands and do all this kind of (laughs) shit. I was like, okay. Have some fucking self-control. I'm Italian. I don't do that. Yeah. Well, if you beat the shit out of my front door and then like broke half my house, you're like, oh, sorry. I'm so Italian. You know, I've got Viking blood in me. I can't help it. Yeah. So my dad didn't get to see the flags of any of that because she manipulated him so well into doing that. Apparently, even if you I don't know the Florida marriage law stuff now, But like 10 years ago, it was if you are married for 10 years, even if you have a prenup, you still are entitled to half of everything. Um, My dad and my mom, my stepmom filed for a divorce 10 years and two weeks uh, on their anniversary, like 10 years, two weeks after the 10 year anniversary, she filed for divorce. And the judge saw that and was like, nope, I'm not honoring that. That's way too weird because they had just she had just got him to revise everything in his will. Um, right there on the 10 year mark. Cause my dad was turning 50. So she had a long-term plan. Oh yeah. We bet. We bet she did. She didn't want to seek out a job. So she was like helping my dad out with his company. She didn't do anything. She didn't make her own money. All the money she was making was from my dad's business. So when she filed for that and then filed for a renew on their, my dad's will, 
and saw that my dad was actually filing for um, her to inherit the house he built and my brother to get the Corvette that he was building. Uh, my brother and I were going to get money from it, uh, from from him, from his estate. And then we had a palm tree farm. So my stepmom could sell all the palm trees and make all the money off of that, which was fucking killing because some some of the palm trees my dad had were $500 a foot. Yeah, they're ridiculously they're Huge trees. So $500 a foot and you got like a 24-foot tree on one tree. You're like, make bank. Yeah. It's it, So basically my dad was like, sell all the palm trees and sell the house and sell the lot and you can get whatever money you want, but I'm going to give you a place to live if I die. And she didn't like that. She wanted money. So she started like getting really, really uh, spiteful and angry and taking it out on the whole family. And then my dad was even hit by a surge protector by her. <laughs> like, yeah, which was great because <laughs> then she started showing her true colors about it, which was crazy. She, another thing to kind of add some perspective, which I didn't on stream. Uh, she had fallen down the stairs and had a herniated disc in her back. And she became addicted to painkillers and mm. she became addicted to oxycodone, oxycotton. Um, she had a lot of lubriderm patches. She had Percocets uh, and she was sh doctor shopping with intent to basically the amount of pills that she had stashed looked and were, was valid enough to say that it was intent to sell, but she was hoarding it. I, she wasn't selling it, but she had enough. Right. She would sit on piles of it and just hoard everything. Um, one thing that I do, I have some minor uh, side effects of being uh, like living with her still to this day. And one of them is um, when I was at John Gray's house at his parents' house, um, his dad was like in his bedroom and uh, the, he like he came through the front door and he's like, dad, I'm home. And his dad was like, well, I'm in my bedroom. And so then he just walked straight into his parents' room. And I was like, you don't do that. You don't go in your parents' room. Like, I, I don't go in my parents' room. Like, you don't, you're not allowed. My stepmom had like deadbolt locks. So we couldn't go in my dad's bedroom because she had all those fucking pills in there. And she didn't want us knowing about it. And so I was always like, she would always be really hella fucking paranoid and be like, did you go in my room? Were you in my room? I was like, no, fuck. I've never even seen your fucking room. I've been, I was living in a house where I never saw a room in that specific house for like my whole childhood. I never saw my dad's bedroom. I didn't know what it looked like. Just didn't know. My dad's like, that's why she has all those pills in there. <laughs> I was like, oh. Did he know that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, he knew that. He just thought that she was like a psycho and was just like, really like, you know, she had a couple of hospital scares. So he thought that she was just in case there's like a hurricane, like I'll run out of medication. My dad just didn't really pay attention to a lot of things either. So he was a little aloof himself with certain things. Yeah. But then when the divorce happened, um, he immediately went fucking Rambo and he's like, guess what? Come into my bedroom. And then we came into his bedroom and he like took like this shelf and like pulled it apart. And then took all of the pills. I wish I had this picture still. I don't have it. We submitted it to the DA. Um, and it was crazy as we could play Jenga with the, uh, with the little orange tubes of pills. Jesus. So we could stack them and make a pyramid. We were literally playing Jenga, like as a joke, me and my brother were trying to like laugh about it and have fun. And so we were like, Oh, Jenga with oxycodone, you know, like it was, it was bad. You could stack all the tubes up and we took a photo. We had to take photo for evidence um, and I don't know where that photo is. I don't have it anymore. It was like, it was 13 years ago. And, uh, we, we submitted it to the DA 
Cause my dad was like fucking game on, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to be this kind of person, I'm going to like pull all the shots too. So he reported her ass. And unfortunately she was doctor shopping um, and had a lot of uh, pain managers that were not aware of her doctor shopping and getting more and more prescriptions and taking them out in all these different locations. So she could like up the amount of pills that she had. Um, one of my best friend's mothers was her pain manager. So when my dad pressed charges, he had to go to my, one of my best friend's parents' house and be like, listen, you were prescribing her way too many pills and we need to have a talk about this (laughs) because what the fuck? Um, basically like she was, she was so hopped up on Percocets all the time. Um, I didn't know what they were. I didn't, I don't know. I'm a kid, you know, you shouldn't fucking know. She handed me this Altoids tin and said she needed a Tylenol and described the shape and color of the pill that I needed to hand to her while we were driving on I-95. She's taking an entire Percocet while I'm 13 and on the fucking freeway. Yeah, I didn't even know that uh, you could drive while doing that kind of shit. She also put something on my account when I got my wisdom teeth taken out. Um, I need. I was prescribed oxycodone uh, for the pain because I had a really severely impacted tooth. And John Gray went to CVS to go take out um, my prescription. And they said that I need my stepmom's permission because she did something on my account where she has to sign off on it because I have an allergic reaction to uh, opioids. She was jacking your shit. Yeah. So she was taking out she was taking out pills in my name. We ended up finding out. So we I was I had it. I had the um, IV drip when I had the wisdom teeth taken out. So I was fucking knocked out. So John Gray kept calling me on my phone and I wasn't answering because I was asleep because I was medicated. I was out and we had to, he had to call the, the, my surgeon that did the operation for my wisdom teeth and was like, she can't have opioids. Apparently there's some like weird complication and they had to finagle some kind of weird way where I could get Vicodin or something instead. It was pretty terrible, but yeah, the, she was she was taking shit out in my name and my brother's name and my dad's name and her name and then doctor shopping and having all these pills, which contributed. She was also a terrible person before. And that's it's such a more complicated issue, too, because yeah. that's the kind of thing that God forbid, you know, uh, I mean, obviously swatting wouldn't have been a problem back then. But there are moments where they go into the wrong house or, you know, let's say that she had. I, I think it would be fair to say that with everything else that she was doing, she was probably doing something else nefarious as well. Oh, yeah. She was like cheating on my dad. And- well, so had there been any reason at all for, you know, the authorities to break into the home and start searching, mm-hmm. finding that you guys all oh, yeah, child all protective fucked. services, yeah. you know, your dad guilty by association. Oh, well, yeah. This is your bedroom. This is your wife. How do you not know that would have been? Which I think that's why my dad didn't actually call the cops on my stepmom and be like, yo, this. Instead, he called the DA and was like, played things smarter than being like, I'm going to call everybody on. I don't know. I don't. I just, it was crazy. (laughs) I uh, fucking didn't know. My dad, like he, he, I remember he threw his back out once when he was like working and he was like, oh, my back hurts. And my stepmom was like, I have a Percocet and just like gave him one. And my dad was like a grown ass man. And he's like, man, I can't have a whole. I need a half of one because they knock me out. And my stepmom was tinier than me. And she would take a whole Percocet 
and operate and drive a car. And my dad would be like, Christ. I need half of one and I need to lay on the couch and then I'm just going to watch TV and be just out for the rest of the day because my back hurts so bad. And my stepmom's just like popping them like fucking Tic Tacs and I'm in the car. If you were going to take a guess, I'm sure it's hard to remember. I know you don't have the picture anymore, but if someone said, how many pill bottles do you think you found? Um, Rough idea. At least 24. Holy shit. At least 24. And then we had Lubiderm patches or Lycoderm patches. Lycoderm. Yeah, Lycoderm. Wow. Or Lidocaine. I don't know. I don't remember. It was Lidocaine or something. They were like patches that you put on your back and it just numbs everything Mm -hmm. immediately. Um, So like she had all those. And my dad would cut a little tiny like looking nicotine patch square because they give you a long one and mm-hmm. it's for your whole back up and yeah. down. And my dad would cut a little bit, put it right on his skin, take half a Percocet, you know, and like then it would just be like there. Now I can't feel my back. That's fine. And then my stepmom's just chugging it. Pills like all over her back. You can't feel it. Numb as fuck. I don't get I don't understand. So that's another thing that's a side effect is like even though I was prescribed Percocets for my, or Oxy, I mixed them up. Uh, I think you said it was Oxycodone. Yeah, Oxycodone. I, I mix those up all the time. I don't know why, but uh, taking that for my wisdom teeth, I probably wouldn't have. Um, if I if the doctor had told me that's what he was going to prescribe me after, I would have been like, no, thank you. I'll do yeah, Tylenol. I'm all set, thanks. Yeah, I don't I don't want any of that shit. Um I don't know. Like I watched, I watched House for a while. I love that show. Show is great. It's one of my favorite. Wait, shows. we agree on something. Yes. Oh my god. I'm so excited. <laughs> well, like the fact that he can like take Vicodin mm-hmm. and do a fucking operation, like Hugh Laurie popping a Vicodin, even though it's not real. He's not really performing surgeries. He's just a fucking actor. But like, how you got to make sure everybody knows that you know that. How the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> how the fuck do you do- like? I-, I took a Vicodin and I slept on my kitchen floor. Because I couldn't get a cup of water fast enough to go back into my bedroom. I just was like, this is fine. And I just slept on the floor. What's funny about that show to me is um, I haven't watched it in a long time. I, mm. I've seen the whole series. Absolutely fell in love with it. Uh, I used to tell people jokingly, um, who I didn't know very well, think of me as a younger, more attractive house without the cane and the limp. Mm. I'm a dick. I'm not trying to be a dick, but I just I don't sugarcoat things very mm. well. My, my filter's broken. Um, lately, for some reason on YouTube... Clips of house have been popping up in my recommended. You can hear your phone. It's microphone. It's like fucking I Twilight Zone shit. Uh, I don't disagree, but I hadn't said anything about house in a long, long time. Yeah. It's just all of a sudden there's a house clip. And I will say, you know, the YouTube algorithms are like, you click this weird video. Yeah. We'll show you more weird videos. Yeah. And next day, house. And I'm sitting there, click 10 minutes. Click 10 minutes. Yeah. Two hours pass. I'm like. <laughs> your whole day is gone now. Yeah. yeah. But, uh. Through that, I started watching uh, videos of an actual doctor. I can't remember his name, but young dude, women must love him, good looking guy, watching episodes of House. Mm. And he's like, yeah, that's accurate. Oh, yeah. I've seen those videos. That's fucking weird. You can't do that. Yep. And I was really pleased to he see. He said that House was very accurate. Yeah. I mean, you know, there were things like these are incredibly rare conditions that never happen. You know, They actually called for House as a research thing. They actually yeah. called doctors and genuinely mm-hmm. asked them about weird cases that have that have actually happened. Yeah. So I'd say there was probably about 80% of it was, was relatively accurate. Yeah. And then he's like, Grey's Anatomy is, what is this terminology they're using? Yeah. What does any of this mean? I thought it was funny as fuck. I actually did watch Grey's Anatomy when I had my wisdom teeth surgery because I was like, 
people love this show. Why? And so I put it on and I remember I was actually on Vicodin being like, I think this show's good. And then when I was off Vicodin, I was like, this is, this is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, never mind. I had a, uh, uh, for a while I had a, a heart condition. Mm-hmm. Um, couldn't figure out what it was, but long and short it was, I was going to the gym all the time. I was doing really good. I would do about 20 minutes of cardio prior to my workout. And, you know, not, not super hard, just, you know, a light jog. And I got some kind of upper respiratory infection. They put me out for about three weeks. Shit. I'm prone to them. Yeah. If, I, if I get a head cold, it will move into my chest nine out of 10 times and I'm out for a while. And I'd say I got back to the gym about two months later. This one lasted a while. I hop on the treadmill and I start out real light and I'm suddenly, I'm real tight in the chest. Um, I can't take deep breaths. I feel like someone's got their hand on my chest, their hand on my back and they're, they're pushing, they're compressing me. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go home. And it lasted months couldn't go to the gym i constantly (sighs) would be able to get a deep breath with a lot of effort but it was rare yeah i've had that but that one's anxiety driven where i can't breathe i have to like lean forward yeah this never went away yeah um so i went to the doctor and uh he says uh i'm a little worried okay it's like i think you may have cardiomyopathy i'm like he's like do you know what that is i'm like i watch house (laughs) <laughs> he's like well just to make sure we're on the same page it's when these you know really young healthy you know people like athletes for example you know you got a running back and he's running down the field and he's going to catch a ball and he just falls and drops it i'm like oh, accurate i'm scared um never did find out what it was but you know we, getting on the subject of the house made me hmm. think about that because it's funny now it wasn't funny at the time I watch house yeah. yeah well i did that too when uh my my cousin uh trish she was trying to get pregnant um she had two kids before she remarried and then her husband was kind of being like, personally, I think he was kind of a dick. He was just like, oh, well, I have stepkids. That's cool. But I want kids of my own. And she's like, I already had two kids. I'm done. And they were like, well, just one, maybe one of my own kids. And so she went through great lengths to try to have a kid. She found out she had lupus. And I was like, oh, shit. I was like, yo, I watch house. It can't be. It's not, <laughs> no way is it lupus. It's never lupus. It's not. And so she was like, oh yeah, I have lupus, which is kind of hard because it's like hard to diagnose. So you can't really figure that out. It's just like a bunch of weird shit. And my, my aunt, she texts me and she goes, yeah, she has lupus. I was like, fuck you. No, she doesn't. But I think she really does. I'm not sure. But you know what? Hey, whatever. I thought it was funny. Well, those YouTube clips. You shouldn't on- laugh, you know? No, that's, you not sh- fun- you, no okay. that's not fucking funny. But like, <laughs> I was like, no, she doesn't. We said this would be a dark podcast. Yeah. Um. It's funny the the clips of house on YouTube. You know how they have the hashtags now. Yeah, one of them's or one of them is is it still lupus? Oh, good. Or it's lupus. They've got like three or four different ones that go back and forth and have something to do with lupus. And then yeah. all of these clips are actually on the House MD YouTube. They started sprouting up last year, two thousand eighteen. They started uploading them. Like people really want House back again. Oh, it's great. Yeah. And you know what? Speaking of shitty endings, I thought it was a good ending. I was all right with how it ended. I was fine. Yeah. People don't like open endings. I didn't really consider this an open ending. I yeah. Mean, he didn't. Nobody died in the ending. I yeah. Mean, you, you know what happened to Wilson, of course. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, but uh, I, I think it was it was a nice way to end this long running great show. Oh, yeah. I do kind of wish they had diagnosed Wilson a little sooner mm. instead of, I think, the actual finale. It yeah. Gave some time to chew on it a little bit. Yeah. It would have been nice. Yeah. But I, I thought they did. A, it was, God, it was such a good show. I want to go home and watch it right now. I watched it all, um, all of one of the seasons back to back, like during Christmas time when I was stuck in a blizzard in Boston and, uh, marathoning it is not, I would not recommend it because after a while, all the episodes seem similar. 
Yeah, well, I mean, they've got their formula just like Yeah, it's shows. back to back to back because it, it's actually not about the diagnosis of the patients. It's, no. it's more about the character development of the medical staff. Mm-hmm. And the medical staff, since it's such a long show, it, it develops over time. Like, it takes a very long while for something new to pop up. When we were watching this season, I was like, right, we're stuck in a blizzard. We got nothing else to do. We just kept watching the house, and I was like... That's when you get with your friends, you start starting to say, like, you're all doctors. You're like, it's not lupus. Maybe it's this or maybe it's this. And then suddenly everyone in the living room is a fucking doctor and we all know shit. And <laughs> like, we don't. But we're like trying to claim the medical illness before the doctors catch it. And uh, It's then, like a little at-home game show. Yeah, we had nothing else. We, we literally watched House all day one day. Did some that. of the best shows I've ever found start that way. Like, mm. Did you ever watch Smallville? No. Okay. Smallville started for me when I was bedridden. Yeah. And I had cable TV at the time. I had a box and my grandfather liked Smallville a lot. I just hadn't gotten into it. Can't get out of bed. I feel like I'm fucking dying and I've slept so much. I cannot sleep anymore. I'll try it. It's on ABC family. And they used to do two episodes in a row Mm. uh, every weekday. Mm -hmm. Next thing I know, I'm like, this is really good. And I'm like head over heels in love with Lana Lang. Holy shit. Mm. Went out the moment that I felt good enough that I could drive somewhere and not crash into somebody. Bought all four seasons on DVD that were available for sale still and just. Yep. Marathon. Yeah. Plowed right through them. I caught up in a week. Right now I'm watching uh, Handmaid's Tale. I can't get into it. I tried. I got three episodes in. It's hard. (laughs) It's hard to watch. Yeah. I just, I couldn't. It's, it's good though, but it's hard to watch. But like Hulu does this new bullshit. It might not be new, but I don't really watch Hulu that often, but they do this thing where they. They released the newest season of Handmaid's Tale and you get you get three episodes and then from there on out, they're going to release a new one every Wednesday. So I just binged all three and then I'm like, the fuck? Not like Netflix where they give you everything. Which honestly, I thought Netflix should have that approach. And I've been saying that for a while, like with uh, like with Orange is New Black. I'm like, they should just release a new episode every day, every week. So people who like get Netflix and get that seven day trial period. They just binge it all and leave like that. That doesn't keep them in, but yeah. they just have reoccurring shows, you know, mm-hmm. so that's how they get you. But Hulu's like, we don't have that kind of draw. So now we got to milk it. And now I'm like, fuck you, Hulu. I need my fix. <laughs> like, I actually sat down getting ready to be like, "Ooh, we're going to make some costumes and we're going to just binge this show. And then we're like, oh, and it's done and you don't get any more till Wednesday. I'm like, <laughs> what is that? Don't do that anymore. And that's what Hulu's doing. Other streaming services are doing that too. The uh, the DC uh, streaming service, whatever it's called. Uh, they have Titans and Doom Patrol on there that I enjoy. Mm. Once a week. Fucking. Once a week. I can't. I'm going to lose track of the shows I need to watch. I have a text document on my desktop that has all the shows I watch and the days that they come out. And then a list at the bottom of shows that are currently on break. <laughs> that's awesome. Obsessive, compulsive, a little bit, maybe. That A little bit, yeah. But I was I was watching I was watching something on Netflix and they mentioned uh, they mentioned uh, something about fertility and I immediately was like huh and I thought I was like around this time last year I was watching Handmaid's Tale around this time last year hold on and they like took my web browser went on Hulu and they were like the new season of Handmaid's Tale came out yesterday I was like no fucking way how did I just remember they came out last night oh my god I didn't know no one on Twitter said anything I was like this putting it on so happy wait there's only three episodes oh fuck see this is how i ended up doing this um have you heard of the tv show the hundred or the 100 depending yeah. on it? all right it's a good show and it ended i accidentally did makeup then it looked like one of the characters from the show 
probably Octavia. Yeah. I I just did my I own thing it. and everyone was like, Oh, you look like Octavia. I was like, the fuck's that? I could see it. Yeah. Um, the season three, I think it was ended on a pretty serious cliffhanger. Mm. And I show is over. I'm like, I'm going to, I'll have to wait. I'll have to wait. I'll have to wait. And I, I thought I had liked the Facebook page, but I didn't. Mm. Well, all of a sudden I see, you know, more than a year later, the new season of the 100. Yeah. All right, no big deal. There's a lot of people doing that. Westworld's taking two years. Game of Thrones took, what was it? Two and a half years. Mm. So I start this first episode and it's like, you know, previously on like something's not right. They, they weren't on this planet. What? Oh my God. I had missed an entire season that aired. Oh. And fucked it all up for me in two minutes with the previously on trying to figure out where oh. I was. I'm like, oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing this again. Text document Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, then everything you, lined then up. You have a whole new season that you could catch up on, I guess. Yeah. It took me about five days. Yeah. Because then. I was so pissed. Like now I feel like I need to get through this so I can get to the shit that I don't now know. Now I can't enjoy this one. It's kind of how it felt. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was upset. Um, looping back around a little bit. You said that one of the things that you deal with still as an adult from, you know, mm-hmm. the exposure to your stepmothers, you know, not walking into your parents. Yeah. Bedroom. Not walking in my parents' room. Um, footsteps. That's a big one. Uh, I can hear. It sounds insane. I can hear footsteps from my driveway coming to my front door. Um, anyone walking to my front door. I know. I know that they're there. Uh, the one thing that throws me off is whenever there's a postal service person coming up to the front and I recognize their footsteps. It gives me a little bit of anxiety, but I can tell the difference between Adam's footsteps coming into the driveway uh, to the front door and John Grace. And I and my own brothers, too. He lives in Tallahassee. If he comes and visits me, I can tell his footsteps like I can hear them because my stepmom would walk around in the house and she would like walk really aggressively and her. um her footsteps were like her stride was really short, but it was also like really strong. Like she'd really hit her heel down on the wood when okay. she'd walk. And I'd be able to tell the difference between hers and my dad's and my brother's. And if it was hers, I would get the fuck up and like act like I was doing something in my room, like cleaning or something. Anytime she'd come by my door because I knew if she opened the door and I looked like I wasn't doing anything. She'd be pissed off at me. So like that's a thing that I had to tell myself to calm down with um with the footsteps and when i moved out of my dad's house that stopped but like i still i still hear like if john gray is walking around the house i know it's him and i hate the fact that i can literally like my brain is like you know if you're playing like a multiplayer game and your your party members on the other side of the map and you can see their little name icon yeah it's like that like i hear john gray's footsteps i know that's john gray walking around the distance like i even know that's adam walking around the distance but i hate the fact that my brain tracks all of that still that's like a one weird side effect thing. Uh, you know, one of the things that I really admire about you as a person is how open and honest and candid you are with oh, these yeah. things, specifically on stream. And I mean, I'll make the joke to, you know, certain people who are like, well, you know, who's this person I hear in the background? Somebody calls me, like, well, that's, you know, Dan Rockwood, yeah. friend, cosplayer, you know, moderator, so on and so forth. Um, but, you know, I'll tell people like she's like the real life human Deadpool and that I think she hides a lot of her pain behind <laughs> humor. Yeah, because she laughs about things while everybody else is like, because oh. <laughs> it's mine. That's because <laughs> it's mine. <laughs> That's because it's mine. I do this because <laughs> it's 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 shit I had to deal with, and if I can't laugh at it, the fuck am I doing? You know, right. like I wish I had someone that was going through shit that I was going through when I was growing up, and I could be like, I need to ask them for advice if I'm in a type situation like that. Like I never had anything. I was just like, 
after a while, I just got really tired of being bullied. And I just stood up for myself and realized my, I remember my dad told me when I first moved in with my stepmom and my dad permanently from my mom's, um, he was like, don't ever put me in a situation where I have to pick between you or Lisa, which was my stepmom's nickname. Um, and I was like, all right, noted, never going to do that. Cool. Never going to do that. And so I didn't ever want to put myself in a position where he had to choose between the two of us. Um, and then she was like hitting me. My dad saw it. And then I was like, well, um, she's been hitting me like my whole life. And he told me, he's like, why didn't you tell me? I was like, cause you told me not to fucking put you in this position where he'd have to pick the, between the two of us, you know? And then ever since then, he was like, things would have been a lot better if you like spoke up or like said something. I was like, but you told me not to. So like ever since then, I was like, now I'm going to be blunt. Now I'm going to, something happens, I'm going to communicate it. If something's weird, I'm going to say something. I'm not going to sit there and be quiet and clam up and be like, oh, maybe it'll go away. I'm like, no, nothing's going to go away unless you communicate that this makes me uncomfortable. I don't like this. I don't like the situation I'm in. And I'm not going to be sitting here and tolerating it. I want to work on it. I want to fix things or I'm going to take myself out of the situation. You face it head on. You tackle mm -hmm. it. Which is a lot in this industry that I'm in. People don't do that. People, people just sheepishly hope things go away. The industry that you're in is, you were pretty much my introduction to anything behind the scenes of the industry. I never really followed cosplay. Mm -hmm. You know, occasionally I'd be part of a page. I where, never did either. Well, you, you know, you see these Facebook pages and I'm like, Check out this amazing Videl cosplay, or yeah. you know, check out this amazing uh, Meryl from Metal Gear cosplay. I'm like, that's really cool, neat that people do this. You know, I had only gone to one or two conventions previously. I saw it, didn't have any investment in it. Yeah, ran across your stream and started actually seeing some of the creation of it. Seeing, what are you staring at? I don't know. Every time I look away from your phone, the screen changes. But I don't know. It's weird. A reflection. Uh, yeah, was, that's why I kept looking up and down because I noticed my. I don't know. <laughs> um. I think the thing that sticks with me the most that I've noticed about behind the scenes on, I hate to say this because I feel like it takes away from the important things, but is the drama. It's a lot the, of drama. The staggering amount of drama. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's going to get me in trouble. <laughs> I don't think that kind of drama exists in fields that are predominantly male-occupied versus mm -hmm. fields that are predominantly female-occupied. And that's not to say anything negative toward anybody specifically, but it's, it's so venomous. It's not even just person's an asshole. No, it's, well, I know 10 people this person slept well, with, even though they didn't. Yeah. So uh, like with the abuse that I've had from my stepmom and my mom, again, second chance at having a mom that didn't work out. First chance at having a mom that didn't work out. Also there's drama with my aunts and shit that didn't work out. So I try to put, I really, really struggle with trying to trust women and I never want to be that because there's that cliche like hashtag I'm not like other girls and there's those girls that are like fucking hate other girls like I don't trust women I just I I try I do uh, and it doesn't work out like a cup like a handful of times I was like okay well why would I try to trust other women when it didn't work out so much in my childhood but I won't like I've done therapy. I've done therapy for like nine years and I've worked all that out. Um, so I do I do really try. And but then to the point where if some shit happens with another woman and it happened and I give them the benefit of the fit of the, the, the doubt, 
it'll happen again and again and again. And then I'll just like clam up and like shut down and like will not welcome that person in my life. And I block them off completely and they're dead to me like a hundred percent. I don't like that about me, but I I feel like it's healthy. I really do. It's a defense mechanism. Well, I mean, look, I worked in a restaurant for 13 years and it was basically a revolving door of employees and women occupied the highest percentage of the employees in that restaurant. Yeah. And I feel like through that, I started there when I was 14. It's the same restaurant. I worked there up until my dad got cancer and I left to take care of him. Yeah. Um, I feel like I was able to see pretty much every kind of human come and go in some form as a result of working there. But what I always noticed, I mean, drug addict walks in a bar, drug addict walks in the door of a restaurant. You notice pretty quickly, normally. You grow to where you look at people and you're like, you won't be here long. I can tell by looking at you that your work ethic is a little lackluster. But what always constantly surprised me for for years was I'd walk into the wait station and two of the servers smiles, patting each other on the back, the other one walk out and she'd look at me like, slut. Yeah. So there is a difference between men and women and the way they treat each other. It's just fact. It's just like guys are like, hey, man, fuck you, bro. Like they like they do that and they get that out of their systems and they're just. It's it's fine, like arm punch, fucking whatever. Girls are supposed to be more uh, comforting towards each other's emotions. Nurturing. Yeah. And then there's that. I mean, I feel like I'm biased, you know, because of that, because of my abuse with women. But it's they can be really fucking like poisonous Mm -hmm. and manipulative and vindictive. I don't feel like it's bias so much as your eyes were opened. Well, your eyes were opened at a really young age. And Mm -hmm. it's not – look, this is – there's no such thing as a blanket rule that covers everybody. Yeah. But I think – I think assuming everybody is bad, not that you do, but as an example, assuming everybody is bad is a hell of a lot safer and healthier than assuming everybody's good. That – yeah, that's fair. I mean, I I don't walk into a room and meet the cosplayers and and I'm like, wow – they all fucking suck. Like uh, personally, I don't, I don't think that I, I don't walk into a room that I'm actually, I walk into the room terrified of them. I give them space. I'm like, no, I, I'm scared of them all. I don't want to be friends with all of them because I'm terrified of what could potentially happen and has happened because they're really manipulative and fucked up. Not all of them. No, but <laughs> enough like to I've make met a good amount of people that are fucking really cool, but not a lot of them have been. Do you ever? This is this is kind of a shitty way of putting it, but do you ever think of that? How do I put this? Looking on the bright side, anyway, yeah. I guess you know you underwent all this horrible abuse. Yeah, uh, you had this stuff that completely screwed up your childhood and has impacted your life as an adult. Do you ever sometimes look at it, though, and think, I know what's coming because of what I already went through, and I'm glad to not go through it Um, Yes and no. It also allows me to know who I don't want to be. That's fair. Because everyone's always like, I don't want to be my parents. Like, like, that's the the, the cliche of being a kid is they're like, I don't know, my parents were like that. They're like, one day you're going to wake up, and then you're going to say something, and you're going to hear me in your in your voice and be like, Oh no, I'm just like my dad. Like my dad addicted to coffee. I don't fucking drink coffee. I don't like coffee. My dad smokes cigarettes all the time. I don't even smoke cigarettes. I don't even want to even cater to the idea of that. Most of the things my parents were into, not so much uh, with me because I 
kind of became my own person and everything. But now I know, now I know, do I want to, if I ever have a kid, do I want to commit to the parental activities that I'm supposed to do in like the hard parts of being a parent? I know what to look for and what not to do because of what my mom did. Right. I, I was scared. I was like, I don't ever want to become my mom. Like the way my mom treated me. I don't ever, ever want to be my stepmom because she's not related to me. I know that's not in my blood. So that's not, that's not the way I would ever be with my kid. So it's kind of just like, how can I take this bad situation and turn it around and use it as a learning tool? And it taught me who I don't want to be and the signs to look for to switch it around and make other people who've gone through something similar or something fucked up and make them realize that it's kind of, it's, I don't want to say that, but it's more normalizing of it. So it's like, wow, I can, you know, this can't take control of my whole life. I can actually make something good happen out of this. Kind of like Spider-Man, you know, like he's had no good things happen to his life at all. But why is he such a good person? Doesn't make any sense. That's why he's so fucking cool. <laughs> what about you, Batman? Uh, no, he's not as cool. Like, what is his power? Money. He just has money. He's, he can but, buy. He's, but he's incredibly he, intelligent. He can't heal the hole in his heart with his money. No, but he's very intelligent. He's a, he's, he's a wonderful detective. Yeah, I know. He's he's smart as fuck, but he's also money. So that's why I like I like Batman, but I'm not like. Batman's not my favorite. Batman became my favorite, like more of somebody that I liked since the movies. But growing up, I was not like, fuck you, Batman. You just got money. I don't care. I was like, so, so you don't like Iron Man either then? No. Really? No. Wow. I like Iron Man because of my friend Mahoney um, that passed away. We called him Iron Man as a nickname. But like, no, Iron Man, Iron Man is Batman for Marvel. You're hurting my feelings. <laughs> I, I okay. Like if we're this conversation we're talking about, like morals and humanity and all that kind of shit. Fucking Spider Man. Sure. Like yeah, but if we're like, oh yeah, who's cool? Iron Man's cool, but I don't, I don't hate him. But like, if we're picking like why, like when I was a kid, I fucking didn't like Iron Man, didn't like Batman. On that way, identifying with like a, a hero to identify with, I can't relate to Batman other than having dead parents. Kind of. I don't think okay, he could he could get hit with a bullet and die. So could straight up if he didn't have fucking well he no, they don't have any they're humans. They're humans with money. That's it. They're humans with money and cool gadgets. Yeah, but if Spider Man got shot, he'd still die. He's he not can dodge, he's got spider senses. But he's not impenetrable. I'm no, saying. he's not. But you know what? He's got good reflexes. That was Batman. Batman's a fucking millionaire with a weird suit. No, Batman's a millionaire who dedicated a huge, unrealistic portion of his life to crafting Iron and Man would get up. shot in the head, mercenary style. Sometimes I think you just argue to argue. And he'd die. <laughs> Sometimes I think you just argue to argue. <laughs> I just think it's a funny conversation. Fine. Be that way. Um, you mentioned a couple of times having PTSD. Yeah. I bring that up because I think it's a widely misunderstood topic, even for me. I think PTSD and I think people like my buddy who was in the military and had his arm blown apart. You know, he was out there in the thick of it, you know, hearing explosions throughout the night. I get that. Mm. Can you try to explain PTSD for somebody who is in your situation and how it pertains to your life today? The, the, the footstep thing. That's uh, hearing other people's footsteps sometimes makes my uh, the heart rate go up. 
it like triggers anxiety attacks. It's fucking weird. I was playing PUBG and uh, that's probably as loud as she's going to get. I'm not worried about it. Um, but I was playing PUBG and there was like this part where this guy was upstairs and he was walking around like trying to loot and I could hear his footsteps on the wood floor. And it was it was knowing the fact that in PUBG they're trying to like kill all the other players off, knowing that his character is going to come downstairs and we're going to have a shootout. But right now he's looting upstairs and I don't want to go up there yet. I want to kind of surprise him. But the fact that I'm sitting in a room waiting for him to potentially come into a room and cause harm to my character or I have to cause harm to him freaked me the fuck out. And I actually turned my computer off because I couldn't handle it because I didn't want to. I was just like, oh, I wasn't streaming that day, but we were, I was playing PUBG with Ziggly and like I actually had to shut off the computer and I was like, my internet cut out. <laughs> <laughs> And he was like, oh, you're fucking internet. And I was like, no, I was having a fucking panic attack. Um, now it's it's really diluted. Uh, my PTSD is very, very diluted because I, you know, like I've learned exercises and stuff and therapy to help. But that was the most recent PTSD f- like flare up or anxiety attack that I had. And that was like two years ago. But like now it's dumb. The exercises I learned are like really dumb where... I'm really artistic and I'm really into making costumes, obviously, and doing anything with like interior design or anything like that. So like if I start feeling an anxiety attack, I start to notice the color of the wall and how I would describe this color. Like this is like a seafoam smoke kind of blue gray. And then I look at textures and I try to like look at different wood grains that are in the room and try to analyze it and try to think that and like calm my brain down so I can stop having a panic attack. Right. So I've learned how to shift things over so I can calm down and center myself. So it's more like focusing on being in the present and not focusing on what's in here. And it's really hard to do. I'm not a master of it, but it definitely helps. So it's like a conscious distraction from yeah, whatever's plaguing you. I'm not into all those fucking cliches and shit. And I'm not like, I meditate. I'm fucking, I like sit there and think about the world. I'm like, no, I try to focus on being in the present right now. And hopefully that can try to get me out of my head, which is nice. You said that uh, loud sounds, you know, fireworks, gunshots, I, things like that. I just really don't like those. I just, there's no, there's no reason. I just don't. Okay. That's good. There's, at least there's really no reason. I'm actually glad. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm, I'm very jumpy. I got some firecrackers in the truck if you want to have some fun. Oh, good. No. <laughs> Thanks. No. Um, You're going to offer. I, uh, I, I, I like with Resident Evil 7, you're like hiding from your dad. Your dad's like trying to find you. That is a PTSD trigger for me. You laugh it off so well on stream. Though. I laugh it off. Well, I, cause I know that cause I recognize that. So I try, I try really hard, but like, so like someone the other day was like, Danica, you're, you play, you're a horror game streamer, right? And I was like, no, that's not my thing. And I guess I was like, most of the video games we play are horror games, if they're anything else. So I was like, I guess if they're horror games are not my thing. I would never play one on my own. I would only play it with other people to watch me react to it. Cause I, cause you see me, I react. Yeah, it's, I, a, it's a great community. I builder. hate it so much, <laughs> but like you guys love it. So that's why I do it. And that's fine. But like, that's why I have such big reactions is because I have PTSD, but I know it's all in fun and stuff. So I'm able to put myself in that situation and be okay. But there's some moments where like, it'll, it'll test me a little bit, but like the biggest one was on stream was with the, the dad 
the dad walking around looking for you and you can hear his footsteps. Not Mr. X so much. Mr. X, I kind of got deluded because they over they overdid it with him too yeah. much. But like the dad, when he's walking around, those like Mr. X has clunky steel toe kind of boots on the ground. But but the dad has like human sounding. Right. They recorded that like a real person walking. So that was a little bit different where I was like, oh, shit. But if they had a woman walking around with heels that mocked my stepmom, I probably wouldn't want to play that game anymore. <laughs> I would probably be like, nope. Ooh, but that's the thing is it's like that was when I was 16 and I'm 27 now. So it's kind of like, no, they can't hurt me. It's fine. Like, that's not a thing anymore. So we've come that far away from it. So it's not like it's too fresh, you know? Right. I can make it funny. That's it. That's what I was going to say. That's, I, I think the horror games are a great community builder. Yeah. Those are often your biggest turnouts as far as <laughs> people it. watching. Because they, they react so big. <laughs> well, and then you start getting assholes like me who are sending homemade clips to, to drag. Honestly, that's a genius way. Like, because I can, after a while, I'll get desensitized to the alerts. So when you switched it up, you kept it fresh, <laughs> oh, which is genius. You need to do that more often whenever we're doing those streams because I, I will get used to them. Yeah. And then you switched it. And I was like, what the fuck was that? Like, was That's just, one of my favorite clips is the first time you heard the turn. I need to give oh, you. I hate that. <laughs> I was like, oh, I hate that. Like, it's the fuck. Like, I need to um, I need to give you access to Streamlabs so you can, like, change shit up on jump scares. I can't promise you won't regret it once or twice. I'm just well, letting yeah, you know. Well, on jump scares, you can totally fucking run amok. I don't care. Okay. It's funny because <laughs> it's that's what everyone signed up for. But um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, are those I'm things maybe one... like therapeutic for you at all to be able to force yourself into those? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, but that's why, that's why um, with some of the jump scares, if you'll notice, like, I think I've had like two or three, I literally push my entire chair back and I've left. Mm -hmm. I've left. That's the PTSD thing where okay. I'm like, goodbye, like it, I'm out. And so like, that's a, that's a PTSD thing. It's going to be less funny for me now. Oh, but it's fine. Cause it's <laughs> like, cause I can laugh about it. Cause it's like, I don't know. What the fuck? Why does, I walked out of this world with PTSD. I got to make it funny. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. If there's one way, like I have to deal with this, at least someone else can like laugh at it. It's funny. Tell us real quick about the shit that led up to the dissolving of marriage between your father and your stepmother. Cause that's, I, I know you touched on it a little bit, but <laughs> yeah. that, that whole thing is kind of, I feel like it's really integral to how serious shit was. Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's when I, it sounds really dumb and lame and stupid, but I think that's when I really like a hundred percent started living my own life, like actually becoming my own person and felt like more, you know, a, <laughs> I felt like I was like actually awake, you know, like I was actually useful and doing stuff that was like had a purpose. Um, it was my stepmom was on edge when this was back when she had. I didn't know this at the time that my dad had revised his will and was going through with his financial advisor and his lawyers and all that kind of stuff because he was turning 50 and he was getting all superstitious about it. Rightfully so. He died three years later. <laughs> Thank God he revised the will <laughs> because he didn't know he was always preparing for the worst always he invested he invested money when he was 18 like into a life insurance plan policy so it would grow over time who does that at 18 
You remember what you were doing at 18? Were you thinking about your life insurance policy? Not that, no. What the fuck was my dad doing? I don't know. But you know what? Whatever. It worked out. So it's fine. But I was still like, I don't get it, dude. Like, okay. Um, so my son was on edge and was taking out any reason she possibly could to be mad at me. And she would do dumb shit where I would be grounded because there was a spoon in the sink and I didn't get it and put it in the dishwasher fast enough. My dad or my brother would come down and do something with a spoon and then put it in the sink. And it was my job to put it away. They would just forget. So if there was a spoon there and I was upstairs and I had not come downstairs at all to see the spoon in the sink, I would get in trouble. Yeah. I've argued with my dad and my brother about putting the spoons away and shit. So I don't get in trouble, but they don't fucking care. They just did what they wanted to. So there was like dumb shit like that. Or like I left a newspaper on the counter that was supposed to go by the fireplace when I didn't bring the mail in that day. You know, I don't know. It's dumb. So my brother got his license and was driving to his high school and I was well, usually riding the bus. And my, my dad was like, just ride with your brother to school now. Cause he's a senior and he can, you know, drive his own car. And I was like, Oh, okay, cool. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll just get a ride with my brother to the, to the bus, to the bus, uh, to the school. And my stepmom's like, you're not allowed to, you have to take the bus. So I have to walk out of my driveway, down the road, on my way to the bus stop. And my brother has to drive out of the driveway, drive past me walking to the bus stop and go to school. And so my brother was like, fuck that. Just get in my car. She's an idiot. We're just going to school. It's not like we're skipping or anything. So I was like, fuck it. Yeah. So I just got in his car and went to school. Well, the bus I was supposed to ride the bus back home and my stepmom wanted me to. My stepmom didn't want me to ride the car back with my brother and our bus had broken down and we were waiting like an extra couple hours for the fucking bus. And my brother had come to school to go drop something off. And he's like, he's like, just get in my car. I'm going home. I'm like, okay. Don't know why I'm riding the bus home but I'm supposed to. So I get in the car with my brother and we drive home and my stepmom's waiting for us in the driveway because she sees that I'm getting out of my brother's car. And she's like, why were you in your brother's car? And I was like, because my bus broke down and I would probably got home at 6.30. Like, it's not that big of a deal. And she got pissed. She was like legitimately pissed off. And she thought that my brother and I fucked off and like hung out with other friends and stuff on our way home, but my bus was late. So my entire time fucking around was me sitting at the bus stop in the sun waiting for my fucking bus. So she does this thing where she stands in your way and she does that, you know, whole like blocking your path thing. And if you accidentally poke her with your shoulder, she claims that you hit her. So she decided to block my path and she knocked my textbooks out of my hands and I went to go pick them up and she like kicked me in the head and then I got my books and I just like ran from her and went upstairs as she's like throwing shit at me and trying to hit me and do all this shit. And I get into my bedroom and I close the door. Like I slammed the door. She's like chasing me up the stairs. And she gets in. I run on the other side of my bed so I can get away from her. And we're doing this whole like, I'm going to run across the bed if you run around the bed kind of thing. And it was like a big queen bed with like a frame, like a queen frame too. So it had like a canopy arch so I could grab the ledge and swing and like get some leverage and go the other way if I wanted to and um so my dad's hearing all of this and he's like what the fuck's going on and my stepmom like runs to him and she's like your daughter's hitting me I'm like oh my god like what the fuck I'm totally not hitting you I've never hit you I wish I hit you but I've never hit you in my life and um 
I run out. I had, I had had it. I was done. And I was like, I didn't hit her at all. I didn't hit her at all. I don't know what she's saying. And as she's saying, I'm hitting her. She's literally hitting me. So I was incredibly confused. So was my dad. And she's grabbing my hair and like just punching me in the head. And my dad's like, what the fuck? Like he, he is like in his boxers. He just got off work. He's like chilling. He had a cigarette outside. He's like, I'm off work. What the fuck's going on? Trying and to relax and wind yeah, up. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? And so I, um, guy, I was like, I, I was like, I didn't hit her. I didn't hit her as she's hitting me. And my dad goes, well, get her off of you. Like get like, Jesus, like stop. And he goes to grab her, but it's such like a fucking like twirl of us. He couldn't probably would grab the wrong person. He couldn't really grab any of us. Cause we were all stuck together with her nails in my head and all that kind of shit. So she's like hitting me with her shoe and I punched her in the nose really fast. And I punched her in the nose and then came back down on her nose with my elbow again. Was that intentional or was that just kind of how the, the momentum worked out? That's what I did on purpose. Okay, good. But yeah, I, I don't know. My dad taught me to punch like that. He was it like, if, clearly he was like, if a man is like doing something like beat the shit out of them and here's what you do. You like double tap, you go like this, this, like, cause if you, if you punch and then curve it, your elbow would still hit in the same spot. And my dad did wrestling growing up and stuff. And he also was a fucking, he fought a lot of people too. So he's always like, fuck them up. And he's like, your elbow can take a lot more damage without mm-hmm. hurting you than your fist can actually. So he it'll actually like, cut skin. Yeah. He was like, throw an elbow in there. And I was like, all right. So I did <laughs> on his wife. I don't think he thought that that was what I was going to do the first time on. So, yeah, I I felt like I felt like a give in her nose, which really freaked me the fuck out. And I when I did it, it's funny. And I'm remembering it when I hit her. I felt the give in her nose because she had plastic surgery on her nose. So it wasn't the most strongest nose ever either. Um, and then I felt that. I cringed. So I went, because ah! like, when I hit her, I was like, ah! <laughs> like She's trying to get away from it. Yeah. So like I was trying to get away from the feeling of that and there's blood. And then I just like, I ran. And also what I told on stream was I, I literally left. Like I didn't have shoes on. I had taken my shoes off when I got you, when you get in the front door of our house, you take your shoes off. I ran out like of the house. I had my school clothes on. Um, I had no cell phone. I didn't have shoes and our street was, um, asphalt. Uh, so I ran on a hot asphalt all the way to like two blocks down to my friend's house. My feet were black, (laughs) dirty as fuck. Like I didn't have any shoes. Just was like, I'm just going to leave. And I had a bloody hand and I stayed at a friend's house and I came home like a night after. And my, my stepmom was like, you need to make your daughter apologize. My dad took my stepmom to the hospital and she had her, have her nose fixed. And she had like bruising under her eyes. She had that raccoon look trash. Yeah. It was also like, she had a lot of swelling from like me punching her in the face, but I think they like had to correct her nose too. Mm -hmm. So they had like, more bruising from the correction mm-hmm. than anything else. So just fucking, she looked gnarly, man. She looked disgusting. And my son, wanted to call the cops. And the only reason why they didn't was my dad was like, you called the cops. I'm telling them that you beat her first. And I saw you do it. Your so, dad said that? Yeah. And he was like, he's like, I saw you hit her first. So if you call the cops, I will fucking throw you under the table because 
you you hit her, you threw the first punch. So no, you're gonna we're gonna fix this as a household first. And if you can't fucking handle it, you're no longer the disciplinarian of Danica at all. And he oh, like, I thought he was saying that to you. No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. My dad would not side with her. He was 100% my team. Okay, good. I was really point. shocked He had for never a seen her hit me before. And okay. I mean, he, she was hitting me since I was five. And so this, so he didn't see it until I was like 15. It's been that long. She was that, she would hit you in all the right spots where you couldn't physically see it. Like, it People would like always, that are good at that. It was probably done to her as a kid too. Oh yeah, probably, maybe. And that's yeah. not an excuse, but that's how no. we learn. Yeah, no, it's not an excuse at all. There's a podcast I listen to that talks about just because, you know, good, th- bad things happen to people doesn't mean that they deserve to, that it's an excuse for them to be an asshole in the future. Mm-hmm. Like, if anything, you like learn from it, you okay. know? Uh, and I agree with that 100%. Just like Ted Bundy doesn't have a right to be Ted Bundy because he had a bad childhood or whatever the fuck, you yeah. know? Like that's fucked up. Like that's not an excuse. No, at that rate, you're an adult. So yeah, I don't agree with that shit at all. Um, but yeah, he was like, you're no longer the disciplinarian of me. Like, you know, he's, my dad didn't call the cops for that very reason was he was like, we can work it out here. Cause knowing my family and their luck with police doesn't go very well. (laughs) So we decided to try to self-soothe the whole household (laughs) and it, yeah. So that's how my stepmom didn't call any police was because my dad had that leverage over her and that's why that didn't end up happening. But then so, cause more police get involved later on. And that's why that, you know, the police never happened that way. Um, and, uh, yeah. So my dad got me to come back home, um, told me that my stepmom's not in charge of me anymore. And it's just my stepmom. And like, and I, and I, I even remember telling him, I'm like, that's just your wife now. She's just your wife and she's nothing to me. Like, I don't want anything to do with her. That's it. Like, I can do whatever I want now. I'm no longer grounded. I can live my life. She can be in it. Basically, we lived in a two-story house. So whenever she was upstairs, I was downstairs. When she was downstairs, I would run upstairs. So we were. I would make sure, the footstep thing, I would make sure I was never on the same floor as her because I didn't want to be. So I would just go upstairs and lock myself in the room most of the time with the door. My dad put a lock back on my door so I could, you know, not have her come in if I didn't want her to. Um... And I basically was like, I'm going to just play guitar and just do my own thing and live my own life and draw and play video games and just kind of be zoned out and make art and stuff, which I do now. Uh, And I remember she wanted my dad to make me apologize to her for breaking her nose. (laughs) And my dad was like, you owe her an apology first for hitting her. And for doing all this. And she's like, she got mad that my dad wouldn't force me to apologize. So I remember my stepmom called me downstairs to set the table. And she made me set the table for three people. Uh, So she deliberately made me set the table for my stepmom and my brother and my dad and not me. And she was like, you're going to go upstairs and not eat with us. And she thought that was going to affect me. But I actually fucking loved that idea. I was actually all about it. I'm like, good. I don't have to be around you. This is awesome. My whole life, I've wanted to be away from you and only have my dad. And now I have that. So this is great. And uh, then I would have to go do the dishes after they ate. She wouldn't even save me a plate. So I had to like make one of my own. (laughs) And honestly, that sounds really sad and depressing, but I loved it. I thought it was awesome because she's not there anymore, which is great. I don't have to be around her. So she kept pushing my dad into making me apologize over and over and over again. And then she finally snapped. And right in front of my brother, she 
tried to hit my dad with a surge protector. Um, and my dad grabbed the surge protector and threw it and then held her hands behind, like, or like at her sides and tried to sit her in a chair. So she would like calm down. And she had some marks on her hands from doing it. My brother watched the entire thing happen and he had to testify in court for it. Uh, and that, that my stepmom did not, uh, that my dad did not physically assault my stepmom. That's what my brother had to testify for because my dad got arrested for physically assaulting my stepmom because she went to the hospital saying that she had red marks because her husband grabbed her and beat her up. And then they called the cops and then the cops show up and they automatically side with the woman in that matter because of Florida. It's just the way it is in Florida. So yeah. So my dad was arrested for a while. Um, yeah. And so that, that happened. Oh, also she was wearing a shirt that said boys are toys. And it had a, it had a, like a, you know, the restroom, uh, female and male yeah. icons. It was like a Walmart shirt and it had like a girl, uh, icon holding, like having, having a guy icon on a leash. And I was like, you imagine the kind the of trouble that would start if it was the, reversed. The funniest shit. Exactly. The funniest shit to me was that I've never seen her wear that shirt before. It's like, she just bought it for that day. <laughs> I see, I've never seen that shirt in my life. I was like, where did I you, have a plan. Where did you get that fucking shirt? I, I don't know. I just remember that very specifically. What the fuck did you get that shirt from, idiot? Um, longer story short, uh, my dad was arrested back and forth because my stepmom was having an affair with my, uh, w- w- my... She was having an affair with one of the police officers that was primarily involved with the arrest of my dad. It was a conflict of interest by far. We had a lawsuit and we won it. Mm. and um he kept coming in and checking up on my dad unwarranted and would catch him doing minor things and just arrest him for it for no reason so my stepmom put a restraining order on my dad's office so we have two buildings on the property we have building a which is our house that we live in and then we have building b which is the mother-in-law suite that my dad built for my grandmother she passed away before it was done and it had a three-bay car garage uh, down below and my dad converted one of the bedrooms in the mother-in-law suite as his office so building b was an office so on the restraining order my stepmom was legally allowed to live in building b but not building a and we my brother and my dad and i were not allowed to enter building b because since she didn't have a place to stay she was allowed to live in building b but she wasn't living in building b we don't know where the fuck she was living. And part of the reason like that where she was staying was at that police officer's house. So she was like crashing there for a while. So my dad didn't know and he was not told that he had a restraining order against building B. So he went in and was in the office filing paperwork and doing Excel like a normal business guy. And then the officer shows up and is, comes in and is like, you can't be in there. How do you get a restraining order on somebody against a building they own? I don't know exactly, right? I don't fucking know. My mom, my not my mom, my stepmom's name isn't on the any of the blueprints of the house. You don't know how the fuck. I think they favor the women, the woman in that matter, and they're like, she doesn't have a place to stay. So here you go. And I don't even think they question as to what kind of relationship she had with my with me or my brother. I think they were just like, oh, there's kids involved. So maybe those are her biological kids and she needs a place to stay. So I don't even fucking know. So my dad got arrested. I came home from school. My dad's truck. I fucked that up on stream. I, 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 I messed that up. His truck was in the driveway. I, did, I said it wasn't. I didn't. I messed it up. 
it was in the driveway and I was like, dad's home. Dad's not home, but his car's here. I don't understand. Cause when they arrest you, they put you in the back of the car and drive off. Uh, and so I was like, well, his car's here. I don't know if he's in the office. So I went and I checked in the office. I was not informed of my restraining order and I still went in there. I broke restraining order by walking in. I didn't know. I'm like looking for him. I can't find him. I close the door, whatever. I'm looking for my dad everywhere. I'm like, maybe he went to a friend's house and they like carpooled or some shit. Like, I don't know. So then for five days, I didn't know where the fuck my dad was. Uh, I got a call, um, on the intercom, you know, like in school, well, you were homeschooled, right? Yeah, I spent a few years in school, okay. so I know what you're getting at. So, you know how when you're on the intercom and they're like, this kid to the office, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, oh, like that happened. Everyone was like, Dana Crocker to the front office. I'm like, the fuck? <laughs> like, like, so I go up to the front office and they have a phone and my, it's my dad and he's calling from jail. They didn't give him his phone call. They didn't give him his first phone call for 48 hours. You're supposed to. Jesus. They, they didn't give him one. My dad's like, I have fucking kids, dude. So like. Me being a bad kid, right? What does kid do when your parents are home for four days? Goes to school. Are you fucking kidding me? That's how lame I was. I don't like school. I kept going. I was like, I'm going to make the most normal life choice. You know? Who does that? Normally, they'd be like, I'm going to the beach. Like, fuck this. I'm going here and here. And I'm going to go like, I'm going to go drink marijuana with my friends. Like, Drink marijuana? Yeah. You're going to go out on the town <laughs> and drink drinking all the weed, you know? You're going to fucking do all that shit. And I, I couldn't do that. <laughs> I couldn't just keep going to school. And so my dad called and he's like, yeah, I got arrested. Um, broke a restraining order I didn't know he had. And that was when I was like, oh, I went into that building but I didn't say that out loud. My dad's like, apparently you guys can't go in the office. Like you're not allowed. There's a restraining order. So I was like, oh, okay, no problem. No worries. It's fine. So um, he's like, I don't know when I'll be out, but just keep like, keep your normal routine. So I go back home with my brother and um, it was, a, that was a Friday when he had called and it was a Saturday the next day and I was asleep. I woke up and there was like five Mexican men in my room and I didn't know what that was at all and they were like these random mexican guys standing in my bedroom woke me up my stepmom comes in the house and points at my bed my room and she points at the bed and she's like that's my bed and they start dismantling my bed while i'm laying on it so i was like i was like how does that fucking work uh and uh yeah she could that was her furniture so she took all the furniture out of my bedroom while i was living in the house so my whole room was empty they took out drawers and dumped them out. I had like a pile of clothes. That was it. That was the only thing in my room was a pile of clothes. So she hired movers. Basically she hired movers to do her dirty work. All the furniture out while my dad was gone. So then I was, I had a good attitude about it. Like, cause honestly I was like, whatever, this is how much I hated her. I was like, whatever it takes for her to get out of my life. If she used to come in and take the furniture out of my room and take the bed that I'm literally sleeping on out of my room and that's going to make her get out of my life, then cool. I'm totally, that's how much I was done with her. And I didn't feel a damn thing while she did it. I didn't feel upset. I didn't feel sad. Honestly, I was laughing about it. I was like, are you serious? Like this is my life right now. You're really like taking all this. Okay, fine. Have it fine. And then I remember my brother came in and he saw my room and he was like, it's empty. And I was like, yeah, I have so much room for activities in here. And he's like, are you serious? I'm like, look, I can do a fucking cartwheel. Like, it didn't matter. I was so ecstatic that she was gone that I could, I had freedom, you know? Yeah. So I was like, 
this is the best thing. This is fucking Christmas. Unfortunately, my dad's not here to be here on Christmas, but this is awesome. So we got an air mattress and I thought that was dope because I could just like deflate it, roll it up, do parkour in my room, reinflate it, do whatever I want. I genuinely loved it. I had my Xbox and inflatable mattress. I went out the next day and got an Xbox. That was pretty sweet. I was like, I, you can't ground me from consoles anymore, bitch. I can play Dragon Age Origins, which is also why I have a Dragon Age Origins tattooed because that was the first game I got to play without my stepmom taking it away from me. So it was fucking sick. So I was like, this is the best. So then the next day, um, I hear, uh, I, I see, I see uh, Lisa's car in the driveway. And I was like, oh, she's back. Like she would just show up randomly. And I was like, oh, I guess she's here. Okay. So I go outside and I hear her fucking around in the garage. And there's nothing in the garage that belongs to her. Except for my dad's Corvette that doesn't belong to her. And that's my dad's pride and joy. And I was like, oh, no, you're you're going to take the Corvette and my dad will literally hire a hitman if you touch it. Like, fuck. So what she didn't know was when she took everything, she forgot the garage door clicker. And so I was like, fuck you. So I walk out. I don't like cars. Yeah, I have my Prius, but I don't, I don't really like cars. Like, I don't care about cars. I was wondering how deep we'd get into the podcast where you're like, I have a Prius. I have a Prius. (laughs) Very far in. Took took longer than you thought. But yeah, so I, I, I heard her fumbling around in there. And I walk outside like a bad bitch and I got the clicker. I, I'm like, my brain is like, I want to click it, you know, like an open the garage door and scare the shit out of her. But I was like, you won't. And my brain was like, no, don't do it. Like you'll get in trouble. I think this breaks restraining order. It does. But yeah, I mean, it's gray area, but I fucking clicked it and I chucked it before the door. I clicked it and I hear the door go open and I throw the fucking clicker into the bushes And I'm just standing there like, it's me. I honestly didn't know what the fuck I do. I think I, my brain was like, wouldn't it be funny as hell is if she thought she had all the locks and everything and that door goes open and she's like, sees me there like, yeah, I broke your fucking nose. It's your boy. It's me. (laughs) I thought it would be funny and terrifying. I thought it was a good like big dick energy move, you know? Can you imagine? Can you imagine if you're in a okay, you are trying to sabotage someone's car and you think you're safe because you have all the locks and everything, and suddenly the door opens? Your heart yeah. would stop. Yeah. And so, like, I was just like, it's me, bitch. And I was just like, fuck you. And I had my phone. So I, I had my phone because I, you know what's sad is this is not the first time in my life I had to deal with courts and showing evidence and everything. So I'm fucking like 15 or so. And I know you film everything. You right. get everything on tape. You can only, you're only as good for what your evidence is. Like that's, I'm filming her. I'm filming her. And that's the garage doors opening. Cause I was like, I'm going to catch you red handed doing what if, if I, you know, if I see you putting sugar in the gas tank and there's that, that's a very oddly specific thing. But my mom did that to that Corvette. So my stepmom was repeating her bullshit. And I was like, you can't. That was my mom's move. You can't do that. My mom did that. Get your own fucking sabotage ideas, you know? So I I thought, I was like, she's putting sugar in the gas. She was. So I got it on film of her doing that. And and I I submitted it in for court because she was like, I didn't sabotage anything. I was like, oh, yeah. Well, what about that time you put the sugar in the gas tank of my dad's car? But I filmed it. And then she took out her phone for no reason. And filmed me. And then, so we literally were just filming each other. 
Uh, it's got a timer, so it turns okay. on. Um, so we were we were filming each other and just standing there with our phones, you know, not saying anything. I'm going to do to you what you're doing to me. Yeah. That's so, all that was. So I actually said it out loud. I was like, are you really just filming me? I'm not doing anything. And she's like, you know, you know, you opened that door. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Because <laughs> I was like, I, I can't open the door. And she's like, I was like, how would I be able to open the door? Look, I don't have anything. And she was just like, no, you know, you fucking opened that door. And I was like, I don't know. I was just out here standing directly in front of the door. Like <laughs> I was like, she didn't get me doing that on her video. She didn't stop. She didn't film me until she had to get up, put the shit down and then get her phone and do that. So I basically was just standing there casually, like by the time she was filming. So there's no way you could see me do that. So my dad's, um, employee Manuel was actually like he had had his car pulled around the side at the angle that my stepmom was at. She couldn't see where the driveway was. And so Manuel comes out and goes, he was familiar with what was going on. And he's like, what are you doing? And I like walk over to Manuel and I was like, I opened the garage door because I didn't want Lisa to fuck with my dad's car anymore. And he's like, you can't fucking do that. You have a restraining order. <laughs> you can't go in there. I'm like, I didn't go in. I just opened the door. And he goes, you can't tamper with that building. And I was like, but I didn't go in. I just opened it. It's not, it's fine. And he was just like, no, you can get arrested. And she had called the cops and they were on their way. And Manuel decided to stay. And uh, Manuel like went in to the garage and started fucking around with some stuff and like acting like he needed to be in there. And then he like walked right out and he's like, where's this clicker? I'm like, it's in the bushes. And he's like, okay, I'll go get it. And like, he grabbed it. And, um, then when the cops showed up, uh, they were like, what's going on? And my stepmom's freaking out and screaming at me. And she's like, Danica's here illegally because her dad's not home. And her dad hasn't been home in 48 to 72 hours. And she doesn't have a, they don't have a legal adult living with them. So she needs to go into foster care and be submitted somewhere else. And I was like, Jesus Christ, which I didn't tell on stream at all. Oops. And um, I didn't say that's part on stream. Cause I just kept skipping details. I was also working while yeah. I was, so my brain was all over the place. And so I, I was like, shit. And they and I was like, well, my brother's 18, so I can live here. He's not emancipated. So I can't. And then Manuel turned around and he was like, hi, I am. Uh, I work with Rick, which is my dad's name. And he was just like, I help him with his business. I have the clicker to the garage because there's sprinkler parts that I need to get in there. And they, I've been staying in the house with them. So I don't know what the fuck. That ass coverage though. Yeah. He was like, I don't know what the fuck she's talking about. And so like he, she should, she shouldn't even be in the garage. And then he pointed, he's like, she's putting sugar in the gas tank of that car. And she's sabotaging his car. And they were like, well, we can't do anything about that. So I don't not. know. And they were like, well, yeah, no, the, the kids can stay where they're at. And you just called us for some dumb reason. Thanks, woman. Because she was calling the cops like left and right. They were just like, you're just an annoying woman calling the cops all the time. And so that that worked out in my favor. I should have gotten arrested. I didn't. Uh, which I was like, damn, Manuel, thank you. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't know where Manuel is anymore. I haven't heard from him in a very long time, but he fucking saved my ass. And then when the cops left and when she left, he was like, don't open the fucking garage door. Cause he had the clicker and he, he had put the clicker back in his car. Yeah. And he's like, he's like, it's no skin off my back. If I open that door, he's like, the fuck do I have to lose? He's like nothing. So he just put it in there. He goes, he goes, Oh, I have the clicker. And he actually offered it back to Lisa. He goes, do you want it? 
He's like, you can have it. I'll give it to you if you really want it. And she was like, no, you need it for work, I guess. And so he was like, all right, well, I'll just hold on to it. He's like, I'm going to give you this back. Don't fucking go in there. And so I was like, okay. Yeah, there's crazier stories, but. So that was pretty much the the straw that broke all the camel's backs. Everything mm-hmm. kind of came to a head in, in mm-hmm. a very short period of time, as it turns out. Um, I mean, it sounds like it was only a few weeks between you two going at it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we went at it in August. Uh, they started finalizing their divorce stuff. Actually, it was a very long divorce thing, but like they, we were, we, in August and then from September till December, I was out of my house. So it was a long time. My dad was arrested back and forth and back and forth from September until mid-February. So we had basically like a huge chunk of time where he was just gone. You said after all that stuff kind of slowed down, though, he basically became your absolute He became my best friend. And he trusted me with stuff I wouldn't even have preferred him to talk about with me, like sex stuff. And I was like, God, fuck, man. Like he, he, like when he was dating other women, he was just completely like, do you like this lady? Like, like he dated, he dated your opinion now. (laughs) He did. He did. He, uh, he dated this woman. It was funny as fuck. Uh, he, (laughs) I'm just going to tell you the way I heard it and my friend's perspective. So you can laugh about it. Otherwise, if I tell you the other way, it doesn't, it's not going to work. Um, we were, I had friends over, which I could have friends over now. I never was able to have friends at my house. My dad's like, I built a big house for you to have friends and hang out and have fun. And then my stepmom grounded me all the time. So we had, we lived in a big house that was alone. And then we had friends over every day. And my dad was always like, bring your buddies over, sleepovers, like all this, all this shit. Like this is the house for anyone to come over and hang out at. And it was just really nice. And it was a better environment. And so I had, we had a bunch of people over hanging out. And my dad was just like, <laughs> all right, I got to go on a date. And I was like, okay, have fun. Where are you going? He's like, going to, <laughs> going to Yard House with Shamu. And I was like, what? The whale? What? And he's like, yeah, I'm going on a date with Shamu. I'm like, who the fuck is Shamu? And like, he dated this Asian woman named Shamu. X-X-A-M-U. That's how you spell her name. And he's pronounced it Shamu. Wow. I thought it was the funniest fucking thing. All of my friends, like, to this day, they still, like, bring that up. They're like, remember that time your dad went to SeaWorld? And I was like, shut up. Uh, she, um, she was really nice. But I really rejected every woman he dated uh, because they tried so hard to make me like them that I fucking hated them. Every single one of them. But like to their face, I was just really aloof. I was just like, Oh no, thank you. Like, like we went to, uh, we went like, it was my, it was my uh, 16th birthday and Shamu got me a bunch of hello kitty shit and she's like super Asian. So I was like, you fucking would. But she got me stuff that's for like a 13 year old. Like she got me like this weird princess crown with pink fur on it and stuff. And she was like, here you go. And I was like, I'm 16. I'm not 13. Like what the fuck? And then she kept like getting me like random gifts and like always like asking for my approval things. And I was just like, what's wrong with me just being around you and having conversations and just being around you as a person? Why do you have to keep getting me gifts? Like, I don't like this. This is very weird. She wasn't getting my brother gifts. She was just specifically targeting me. 
Sounds like she knew a little bit of the backstory between you Which and Which I stepmom. hated. So yeah. I was like, no, dad, stop. And then my dad dated a hairdresser and she like really wanted to put blonde highlights into my hair. And I'm not big on being blonde, really. And so my dad was like, she really wants to do She really wants to like hang out with you and like put highlights in your hair. I'm like, I don't want highlights in my hair. I want no highlights in my hair. She can cut my hair, but I don't want highlights in my hair. And my dad was like, please like let her do it. And I was like, no, I don't want highlights in my hair. She can do anything else. Just not that. She really wanted to do it. So then I fucking, I was like, you owe me. And so like I sat in the chair and like, get fucking highlights. My dad dated this one girl named Rosa. Um, she was okay in the beginning. And then my, our dogs had puppies because our dogs are, we had two chocolate labs. They were brother and sister. They had puppies because one of our dogs went into heat. The other one wasn't fixed. And when during that stepmom shit, she uh, our dogs were alone in the house for like a couple of days. She wasn't taking care of them when we were kicked out of the house. So we didn't know what to do with our dogs. She didn't take care of them. They literally like messed the whole house up. And then our dog got inbred pregnant. So like, yeah. So when we came home, our dogs had puppies and it was they were so young. We didn't get them fixed yet. So that was the thing. So we were like, great. Now our dog's pregnant. Like so we had all these puppies, which we found out first generation um, of a purebred line, it's okay. But like, if you breed that gene pool, that's when it's really fucking, that's when you're going to get the weird Alabama looking dogs. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah. So one of my dad's girlfriends wanted one of the dogs and she put it on heartworm medication and then accidentally double dosed him with heartworm medication. So she would take him running and he, was coughing up blood Ooh. and had a, he got this weird heart condition where now he basically like kind of what you're saying, he tightness in the chest and he can, he half of his lifespan was shortened. So I got really pissed off at her. I'm like, how do you forget that you gave your dog a heartworm medication? Like, how do you forget that on the back of the box? You can mark it. There's a reason why you can do that. I was pissed off at her. And when my dad died, she, I had to get her kicked out of the hospital. She was a psycho. So I was like, Great. Like my dad, when he was in hospice, um, she, she was upset that we were putting him in hospice. He had no neurological function. He had not enough oxygen was reaching his brain. So he was basically a vegetable. And so when he, he was in hospice and it was his last couple of days, um, she had closed all the blinds, made it super dark in his room, played weird Gregorian chant music that was like so depressing and dark and morbid and she found a way to get black roses like real black roses and she kept putting them in his hands when he was like in the in the hospital room and then she would talk to him and i heard him i heard her specifically say your children are don't have what's uh like best for you and in, in mind or something like she said something like that in spanish and i opened the door, opened the blinds, took the roses, threw them in the trash, grabbed her purse, threw it out the door down the hallway in the hospice room. And it was like, get out and like kicked her out. And then I put her on the list of like, she cannot enter the hospital anymore. I was like, you get the fuck out of here. Like she, so like any woman my dad dated after that, I was like, fuck all you like a hundred percent, which is why I was like, I'm going to, I want to try to trust women more, but my dad did date with this one woman. He friend zoned like the best lady ever. There was a girl named Denise and she was the fucking coolest. 
And she ended up, um, she was like, oh, I have like really bad lump in my gum. And I think I need to go to the dentist. She found out it was cancer. So like, actually when they were starting to kind of see each other, they met on a, like a dating site and they became really good friends. And then she, um, her whole face is permanently disfigured from the operation. She's had, she's had 17 hour surgeries where she had to get like fat from her legs readjusted like a bone there's a bone in our legs that we have that we don't use for some reason and you can actually like open up they'll open up your leg and take the bone and shape it to your jaw and give you a new jaw with it so she had this like intense surgery and we kept driving up to the hospital to go visit her my dad friends owned her she was so nice she was like she still is she's still around and denise is like the coolest lady ever i love her and i was like you need to fucking wife that woman and he wouldn't he was like oh i like her as a friend i only like psycho bitches like, okay <laughs> well now Thanks, let's put it Dad. that way yeah how did the um how did the stress-induced heart attack end up coming about um he was he, he so we were in boston um from like i was super pissed oh this is also kind of cute too like my dad was reconnecting with his high school sweetheart like the one that got away hmm. her name's carol yeah no. Nancy, sorry. There was there's two girls, but it has a fucking pimp and he needed to keep it in his fucking pants. <laughs> but But here um, you are. <laughs> yeah, but here I am. Surviving one abortion, still coming out here. <laughs> uh my dad dated this woman named Nancy for like four or five years, and then he moved down to Florida. So he was just like not able to like, you know, be with her anymore. It was this long distance, and she didn't want to move down to Florida either. So he was reconnecting with her and I didn't know and he fucking forgot to tell me. So he decided that we were going to spend my entire winter break um, actually a week early. I had finals, so I had to actually get with my teachers on finishing my finals earlier than normal and spend the entire month in Boston. <laughs> and I was pissed because I didn't know, by the way. I didn't know until two days before we were leaving. <laughs> Not even, that's barely enough time to even pack. Yeah, and I was working at Jersey Mike's, so I was like, by the way, I'm not working all of December. Goodbye. Jesus. I was like, Dad, you can't tell. I have a fucking job. Like, you have to tell me this. Like, I have to put these, thing, these things in advance. Like, let people know I'm not going to be able to make these shifts and stuff. So, yeah. So, we went, and I was, I was, I was pissed. Because he spent the entire winter break, like, barely around my brother and I, because my family is fucking insane, and being around them drives you crazy. You can't... They're intense. They're Bostonians. Like they are loud, obnoxious, Italian Catholic, and then Irish Catholic. My family's Irish Catholic. Okay. And they married into another family that's Italian and they're psychotic too. They're very loud, very obnoxious, very conservative. And so my dad was like, uh, peace. I'm going to go hang out with like the chicks that I used to hang out with in high school and go reconnect with all of them. So he was like barely home because he was just like fucking around being like, I'm, yeah, he's like, I'm divorced. I I did all these things. And so we, you were getting to live your life finally. And he started living his a different way. Oh, like, yeah. <laughs> so he would like run around and do that. And then I was I, I there's a there's a Facebook uh, message. I can go and come. I can find it. But it's fucking crazy. My dad, my dad was living his fresh divorce life and he had. Just got a Facebook so he was like, I'm a cool dad and I can use Facebook now because I'm like hip. <laughs> I'm into my, things. But then I'd be like, dad, why the fuck are you writing in cap locks? 
And he's like, well, I don't want to use my glasses. So I can read better this way. <laughs> That's actually really clever. So I was like, you look like you're screaming at me. <laughs> so he's like, I don't care. And so my dad got a Facebook and um, we had, uh, <laughs> I can read these. These are great. So uh, my, I, I was yelling. I got mad at my dad. I was like, where the fuck are you? It was December 28th, 2009. And I got in a fight with him. So then my dad decided that it was funny that I was yelling at him because I was mad. He goes, he goes, oh, boo-hoo, I took you to Boston. You can have fun with your family. Fuck you. And I was like, I don't want to be here. I want to go home. I was being dumb. I was being super dumb. So then my dad decides to write a message to me on Facebook on my timeline to have a fight with me on Facebook. And so I can see it. It's really weird. He wrote in all caps, no, I am not fighting slash LOL and arguing, which I don't know. He, just, he typed really dumb. <laughs> and my cousin goes on Facebook and favorites it. Like, it's like, <laughs> I don't know. She wants to watch. And then I wrote, I'm being so, I'm being so angsty. I was like, because you leave the house all the time. Why are we up here for so long? And he wrote, here you can read what he wrote out loud. Because I am the dad and you're the kid slash law. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's like, because I'm the dad. And then uh, my brother writes, well, I'm the Blake. Because <laughs> that's it. And so I was and I were like, fuck you, dad. And so then uh, the the kind of sad message is like, January 10th, I wrote, I wrote him on his timeline. I wrote, I love you, dad. You have to get better so you can yell at me. <laughs> and I'm like, I was like in all caps. And so like all of my dad's conversations are like all caps and it's fucking eerie and funny as shit because the last week he was alive, he got a Facebook and he started like, so there's like old messages on my Facebook and he's just like all caps writing. I'm your dad. LOL. And I'm like, the fuck are you doing? I wish he had a Facebook still. Cause like, and like he was around because he would write the dumbest shit on my Facebook. It's fucking hilarious. Gives you permanent memories to look back on, though. Too. Oh yeah, my last, my last thing that I can see for like posterity is me being like, "Fuck you, Dad! I hate you!" And he's like, "Lol, lol, lol." <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah." So when my, his last time alive, I was just like mad at him, and I don't regret it because it was me. Like the way he handled me being mad at him was awesome because I would be like, "Fuck you," and he was like, "Fuck you back." I love you. <laughs> and so it's, it doesn't make me feel like super guilty for being mad at him. But um, he so we came back on January 2nd. Oh, we got a flight back. My dad had a severe sinus infection that he didn't know about. We found out when he was in the hospital that he had one. Um, he thought it was the flu. And he said he had told us when we were on the plane ride back home, I remember we had a layover in Washington from Boston to Washington to West Palm. And he had said that he had, he had such bad fever symptoms that his whole left arm went numb and that he had to be in a fetal position to get comfortable to fall asleep. I didn't know those were heart attack symptoms. So I was just like, damn, that sounds terrible. Like, fuck what I know. I was like 17. Right. Or, or so like, I, I don't know. Why would I know what that was? And my aunt told me, she was like, I wish you told me that. And I was like, why? Cause she's dental hygienist. She knows medical stuff. She's like, that's heart attack. Like that's textbook heart attack stuff. No idea. No clue. Didn't, didn't even realize that was what that was. So I remember that I was so 
wanting to just be home and hang out with my friends more than anything else. Shut up, Miku. Um, <laughs> that's my alarm to stream. That's fine. Uh, and so it's, I was like, I was like so wanting to be like at my friend's house and not with like my dad. Cause I saw him so much and I was mad that he took me to Boston. So I asked him, I was like, I'm going to go stay at Katie's house. And he's like, yeah, you can go do that. And then the next morning I didn't, I stayed at my boyfriend's house at the time instead. So I, so I lied to him. It was my first time ever lying to my dad. Uh, cause he would have never let me sleep over my boyfriend's house. So whatever. Hard, hard to blame him. Yeah, absolutely. So I was like, I'm going to sleep over there and fuck you, dude. And, um, I remember it sounds stupid. I usually hate it and I don't believe it when people say it, but I, sometimes my brain will just be really depressing where it'll be like, do you remember the last thing you ever say to somebody? Like the last thing you say might be the last thing that they ever hear you say. Like, can you imagine? Like, I don't know. When I was 10, I asked my mom, I was like, mom, what happens when you die? And then she was like, well, you go to heaven. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, like, like you die right now. Where do I go? What happens? Like, what do you, what then? And then she was like, well, you probably go live with your dad. I'm like, well, then what happens if my dad dies? And then she's like, well, you probably go live with your brother Todd. And I'm like, what if he dies too? Like, what if everyone died? What the fuck? What do I do? So like, I would have that moment in the car all the time. And so I remember when we were driving, I was like, I don't like, what if, what if I stay at my boyfriend's house and something bad happens, but I lied and said I was at Katie's house? What do I do then? Like, what if something terrible happens? And I was like, that's not going to happen. Like, fuck it. That doesn't happen. And then I was just like, what if the last time I see my dad, I was just mad at him? I don't regret it because I wasn't mad mad. I was like joking mad with him. So it's fine. But then I got a call like at eight in the morning the next morning. And it was my friend, Zach, who was like my neighbor. Uh, his dad is a firefighter and they were on the same routes driving out of the street and my dad's car started driving all crazy and it hit a guardrail and he drove like an F-350. So like when they called, they're like, your dad's car hit the guardrail. I'm like, how's the guardrail? Yeah, poor guardrail. Yeah, I was like, oh, that." and there was only one little ding on the truck. Like it wasn't even that bad. So I was like, oh, he's fucking fine. But like, how's the fucking guardrail? Is it okay? Um but apparently my dad just started having a heart attack while he was driving. And then my neighbor's dad resuscitated him, but couldn't get to him for eight minutes. So there was not enough oxygen uh, that he had in his brain. And we couldn't get much of a neurological signal from him. Um, the only thing we could get him to do is uh, like occasionally we would like hold a rag in front of his face and he'd grab it and we would tell him to squeeze it. And he, that's all he could do. And if you could get him to do it, right. that was all he could do. Uh, so we had him in four or five different rehabilitation centers, uh, for five months. Like he, he was like January 3rd was when he had his heart attack, but March 14th is when he like officially passed away. So we like worked with him with neurologists and all that kind of stuff to like the very end, pretty much. We couldn't get a brain signal. And my dad's, um, best friend got into a motorcycle accident like a year before this and had the same thing not enough brain function. And my dad went and visited him and he was just like, he was like, if I ever become a vegetable or anything like this, pull the plug and let me live my life. And I was like, all right, okay, noted. I don't think we're ever gonna have to do that, but noted. And the second that they were like, like all four or five neurologists that we worked with in the past couple of months were like, you can't do anything. Like this is, this is it. Like there's, he's, he's, it, he was 51 
So they were like, he's so young and we can't get any signal. It's fucking wild. And we were like, my brother and I with like zero hesitation. We're like, that's it. We've had this conversation. That's it. That's like, we, we would be changing his diapers every day. Or, you know, he was like, go live your life. Uh, so we were like, that's what he wanted. So everybody else in our family didn't have that conversation with him. So they were just like, why are you guys so quick at doing this? And that threw them off a little bit. We were like, well, we've had this conversation. Like my, my dad and I have had these conversations. So after the death, oh, not the death, after my stepmom and my dad divorced, my dad opened up to me about literally anything and everything. He talked to me about how his will is set up because she was trying to gold dig and use him. So when I got my inheritance money, I knew exactly what it was all for. Uh, he told me about like what he would want in a hospital plan. He told me about, um, oh, another thing I didn't tell you guys about <laughs> is that I lost five members of my family in six months. So this was after the divorce. My biological grandfather died. Then my grandmother, no, then my uh, step-grandfather passed away. And then um, a couple of weeks later, my grandmother passed away with the guilt of my um, stepfather passing away, my step-grandfather passing away. So we lost all of those um, members of our family. And then my dad was so upset that the divorce and him losing his mom and his father and his stepfather all like collided into one. And uh, the, the craziest thing was uh, my dad was like super... Whenever he was vulnerable, he would talk to me about it. So we got really, really close that way. So he told me that I wasn't going to go to school for one day. And I was like, why? He goes, you have to go to the crematorium with me because I can't physically handle going and picking out an urn for my mom. And I was like, okay. So I went with him and he was like, I want an urn for my mom that would, that I would want to be in. And I was like, okay which one would you want to be in? And so then he was like flipping through the magazine and he pointed at one and he was like, this one, it's got like, it's bronze and it's got like an Eagle on it. It's fucking sick. And I was like, okay. And he goes, that's really expensive though. I don't really, I couldn't justify that. Like that's too much. And I was like, that's what you want. That's what you want. And then he was just like, yeah, it's fucking dope. And then he kept flipping through the magazine. So when he died, he went to the crematorium and I was like, that's, that's that one. He wants that one with the Eagle and that one. Definitely. Like he literally handpicked his own fucking urn, which is wild. Yeah. So literally I had so much closure with the entire thing that I don't have any regrets and I don't have any doubts in my mind that it went a hundred percent the way he would have wanted it to. He didn't realize he actually orchestrated his own funeral in front of me, which was kind of crazy. He was just like, probably this or this or this, if I could do it that way. And I was like, all right. And then we did it literally the way he told us he wanted it without any pen or paper. Which sounds morbid, but it's well, no, it's, and, it's kind of beautiful. Yeah, you get to live with that. You yeah, know, having done it right, exactly how he exactly. would have wanted it done. I think I think that's great. the The funny thing was when I walked into the crematorium. We used the same crematorium for like all of the family members, but when they came in, they, the people when when they saw us walk in for my grandparents, they were like, "Grandparents die. It's sad. It happens." Yeah. And then the craziest shit was I walked in with my dad, and then. They were like, oh, you're here with your kid. Like, that's fine. And then I walked in alone and they were like, you were here with your dad like a month ago. And I was like, you guys offer the like, fucking royalty card punches. Do I get? <laughs> and they were like, holy shit. And they started like not trying to laugh, but they were laughing. And they were like, man, I was like, I'm, I'm 
getting those like six punches on my cards. Do I get a free crema- cremation? Like the fuck? Which is silly, but you know, hey, whatever. Right. Humor. So, Jesus. Now no one in my family, I already did that suffering. Now no one's going to be dying or whatever. I don't have that many like close family members anymore that are going to die off anytime soon. So I'm like, I already did all that. I got that out of the way. Didn't you mention once on stream that you actually went to work the day your dad passed away? Yeah, I went to work literally 20 minutes after my dad died. I saw him die. They held his hand, went to work. How was that? It was work. It was fine. It was a normal day. Uh... That's what I wanted because I was just like dropping my routine would make everything feel uh, weird, you know? Did you feel like on autopilot or anything? No, uh, I did. I did very delayed. Um, it didn't I didn't have time to react until after I was in college. But uh, I reacted very, very, very delayed. And it was a very weird, it like snuck up on me, like completely. How long would you say that period was like between him passing and the reaction? About like three years. Holy shit. That's, that sounds insane. But the things that are going on in your life when you're 18 and in in, in graduating high school, there's so much new change going on. So I couldn't really facilitate having a normal schedule. So I couldn't differentiate between what, what I'm feeling and in the excitement of new changes going on. Like when you are, well, not you, you don't really, you you didn't really go to like college and do all that shit. So like, I'm not judging you based off of that, but like the cliche is when you're 18, you graduate college, you know, like you graduate high school and then you're going to a new college and most people are traveling to a different state and moving and getting their own first experience, living on their own and having a dorm and having roommates and doing all that. So mine was just like, (laughs) <laughs> it's so depressing, man. I was, I, I turned, uh, I turned 18, um, in August and then like my dad died and all that shit happened with my family. And then I turn around and I go to, uh, prom and my dad was in, I had to put my dad in hospice and literally sign, meet the hospice workers, sign the paperwork and immediately try to go get my hair done for prom right after. <laughs> and then, um, my dad died about a week after prom was done a week before I graduated high school. And I remember the funniest shit was I walked across the, <laughs> this is funny to me. Um, I walked across the stage and I got my diploma or whatever. And then I'm walking off and they stop you for your picture. And they're like, your mom and dad would want a photo of you graduating. And I was like, no, 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 no. And I kept trying to walk and they were like, no. And they, one photographer stopped me and there were more people behind me trying to take pictures like with the professional photographer and I didn't want to. And not because I was like, no, I don't have family. I just was like, don't want a photo. Just don't. And so they were, they were like, no, your mom and dad would want it. And then I was like, Oh, and I started laughing. And so my photo of me graduating high school, I regret not buying it. Honestly, it's fucking beautiful. My hat is like, I had taken my hat off my head cause it wouldn't stop falling down. So I have my hat hover hovering above my head like it's hover handing and I'm holding my diploma upside down and crooked and I'm smiling like I guess I graduated because I was so like cool I'm done and then everyone was like no a photo and I'm like fuck like in my picture and so they were like your mom would want this photo I'm like 
um, okay. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I basically had that happen. And we had this thing at my high school called like a lockout out or something. Bas- uh, I had a graduating class of 2000 kids. So statistically, I think three kids die every year at my school before they started doing this. Um, after graduation, they party, they get drunk and they drive home and they crash their car and they die. Oh Jesus. Uh, so it has happened. And so they do this thing called a lockout where if you graduate, you have to, they take an attendance and they will not give you your diploma. If like they give you your real diploma there. So you have to go in and they basically lock the whole school down and it's just like a huge party and they have bounce houses and DJs and stuff to do, but they lock you in the, in the school um, with a bunch of catered food and everything. It's like a party. It's really fun. Actually. We had a, we had a blast. Um, and they lock you in there until 7am the next day. So you can just go home and go to sleep and, and they know everyone's safe. Sober up. So yeah. <laughs> so they just were like, here, let's do it. And it was, it was fucking fun. I had a great time, especially when I drove home and my car caught on fire. Uh, <laughs> something was wrong with my car. On my truck that my dad gave me, it caught on fire. And as I'm, I, everybody piles in my car because I had a truck, I had a Ford Ranger and they can fit in the, in the back and like lay down so the cops wouldn't get us or anything like that. And they would just be like, let's pack everyone in. And then my car caught on fire and I didn't know what to do. And we had to put the fire out and like call like AAA and my car was dead. Oh, also when I graduated, graduated, I didn't have a cell phone because my, you know, I wasn't paying a phone bill. My dad was paying it. So like I had to learn about phones and bills. My car was on fire. I just got a phone bill. I just got a phone line of my own. I needed to establish credit. Like I realized I have to do all of this stuff that I didn't know. I was like, and everyone's like, how's it feel to be graduated? I'm like, uh, really uncomfortable (laughs) really like welcome to the real world i'm gonna get more water but i was like holy shit this is crazy (laughs) but i had to learn about like putting um money into stocks and bonds for the estate to learn to how to invest my money in the future so i would never have to like you know be super fucking down on my luck and broke in the future like all that kind of stuff And then what was really sobering and really upsetting that I didn't understand until maybe like a couple of years ago was the fact that I actually um, kept getting invited to a bunch of graduation parties for friends that had their parents and that had a normal graduation thing. So they were like, come to my graduation party. And I'm like, okay. And they're all like, I got... I got like their opening gifts and shit. They're like, I got a dinner set of plates for my dorm. And I'm like, I got bills. <laughs> they're like, oh, cool. Like I'm getting this new thing for my college. Like I got a UF sweater because I'm going to UF. And I'm like, I got a car that I have to, you know, scrap. <laughs> like, and I was just like, cool. It was very uh, busy. Like I had to learn about a lot of things. Fast. So I had no time to process that. I had to liquidate my dad's assets. I had to sell his house. I had to sell his business. I had to talk to probate lawyers and, 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 and go through the attic and take things out and carpet, carpet, like carpet mentalize things and, and, and just get things moving to get rid of, you know, like, a like my dad, like I had to sell stuff so I could be my own human. So I didn't have time to you know, process what happened. 
So it was very delayed. When it did finally hit you, like I imagine if, if you're like most people, there was probably a period of time where you're like, like all day, every day, just, you know, there's that, there's that black cloud that hovers over you. And even if you get that split moment of, I think it's pretty good. It feels like something's wrong. Oh yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you do to start getting past that? Was there any conscious things that you started doing or, um, there was the, the way I started finding out that it was hitting me. It was really fucking weird. It was bizarre. I, like I had, a I had lived with a lot of, uh, college girls that wanted to party all the time and i stopped wanting to party because i was like huh i really want to like be efficient and i started doing photography and i really like it started taking off like i was getting hired to shoot weddings i was getting hired to shoot like like other cosplayers actually would contact me it was funny i started out as a cosplay photographer for only like one convention and then they turned into cosplay but um i i, I kept getting contacted for that so i would be like I got to work in the morning. I want to, I actually like really do enjoy this more. And I don't really enjoy partying that much because, you know, we had old, we had crazy parties at, at my dad's house before we sold it. Uh, insane parties, like the fucking wildest shit happened at our house. If you want those stories, I'll tell those, but God damn craziest fucking shit. And, and, and things that I don't even remember, people will come over here that went to those parties and like, we'll rehash stories. And I fucking forgot, uh, that things like that happened. And, um, I just gave up on that. And then it started to be me really pushing away those people, even as friends. I was just like, no, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do any of these things anymore. It reminds me of like back then at my own hometown, because they all moved up to Gainesville where I live now. And so I started pushing people away and then I lived on my own. And that's worse for me, actually. I'll, I'll close the blinds and I'll be in the dark and I won't come out and I will sleep in or not sleep enough. And I just won't do anything. I just, won't um and then it it was when i was when i officially realized it was i took this history course and it was super interesting and i loved it and then randomly i stopped liking it and then i could not physically sit down and finish the homework assignment at all i just couldn't i'd sit there and my brain would be like getting ready to have traction to start typing for this paper and then i just fucking couldn't do it and then there's no reason, there's no excuse. When you're in college, you're paying for your classes. You're paying for your time there. So you're going to get shit done. I had no excuse. I was just sitting there. I just couldn't do it. So I had to drop some classes. And then I had no interest in picking it back up. I had no interest in picking up photography. I had no interest in literally a damn thing. I just couldn't. And I didn't know why. And so one day I was just really tired of, you know, not being interested in anything. And I was like, I need to fix this shit. And so I went and I went to therapy and talked that out for like the next like six, seven or so years. And um, better. <laughs> it doesn't go away. That's the problem with people who are like looking into self-help and anything like that is that I think there's an illusion that people think that they're going to be 100% right after. And that's never the case. You're never going to be 100% better. You just have to learn how to recognize the symptoms and figure out what works for you and how to have a better mentality on things. Now, I'm not saying positivity is like key. You just have to be able to have a better understanding of yourself and the way you feel and handle situations. So then if somebody, let's say somebody came up to you and yeah. 
similar situation, obviously different, you know, but something that you could identify with. You, know, you yourself mentioned earlier, I wish I had had somebody who had yeah. dealt with what I had dealt mm. with. Say somebody came up to you and I just lost my dad. Yeah. You know, we were best friends. Now um, I'm not doing so good and I don't have therapy as an avenue. Yeah. Like I don't have the insurance or I don't have the money to to pursue that. What would your personal suggestion be? Not necessarily sit here with me, we'll make things better, but kind of a a, a guide, a helping hand to guide the only them. The only way that I could possibly uh, even remotely help that person is by just being their friend. They just, and I'm not being like, like it's, it's silly. Like I had uh, Mahoney, um, the Iron Man guy I was just mentioning. He lost his mom two years before I lost my dad. And he was just, at the time, he was just like my, he was just like my bullshit buddy. Like he was just like, we were friends. We never hung out outside of school. Like that was it. And then when I found out that his mom died, um, I had texted him and I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. And then I wrote him literally, I wrote, I couldn't imagine if like my dad died. I don't know what I would do. And he's like, oh, you know, shit happens, whatever. And then um, I hadn't written him and like, he had, gra- he had graduated high school. He was two years ahead of me. He had graduated high school and then like moved on and like had a job and did some other stuff. He had some mutual friends with me, but we like never really actively stayed in touch. We would just like talk occasionally. And then when my dad died, well, no, he didn't die yet. He was, we got the phone call saying he was going to die like probably by the end of the day. So we were going to show up to hospice and like be there, you know? Um, so I had called but I didn't call. I texted Mahoney and I was like, Hey, uh, my turn. (laughs) And, uh, he was like, I'm so sorry. And like, all he did was he just showed up and was just a friend. That's all he needed to be. He didn't need to be like, you know, someone that like, is like, Oh, pray for you. Like any of that shit. You just hang out and you be their friend. And that's all you need to do. I think. I think there's a lot of situations where, you know, having the right people at your disposal yeah. can really make all the difference in the world. And I think that's, I think that's one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, was it? Did you ever feel? I mean, I know you kind of mentioned this in a way, but did you ever feel the instinct like after you came to terms with? This is what I'm dealing with. Mm. I get why I'm upset now, why I feel this way. Did you ever feel the inclination to just kind of like sit in a corner, close yourself off and have to fight it? Or was it just an immediate, I need to get outside the house. This is, this is my goal today is just to go outside. Um, no, um, mine was, I mean, I got, I got Cheza, like she's an ESA dog. So she's like my emotional support animal. Um, and basically like her design is dogs need to go outside like three or four times a day. So I'd be like, I'm going to go outside cause she needs to go outside. And then she like loves fetch. Like she just like loves being outside and loves that. So it turned into me being like, wow, she's really energetic. So I'm going to take her to the dog park. And then it would be kind of nice to be outside and doing that. And then I was like, you know, what? while I'm, while I'm out, I'm going to go like run an errand. You know, I have her out at the dog park, so I'm going to go out and do an errand. And then I'd realize, wow, it's kind of nice being outside, you know, like I can I can go out and do all these things now. So like getting like small little tiny things, like setting up like small little goals of 
going out and doing things and feeling more productive. The gym definitely helps a lot. The gym is awesome for that. But I mean, there's moments where I really don't feel like going to the fucking gym. That's one of the things that I've, I mean, you've seen yeah. on Discord. I tell people, go to the gym. Yeah, the gym. You know, don't, and- don't go there with a specific goal in mind. Yeah. Go there and take out all the frustrations. You just walk on the treadmill for an hour. I don't even care. It feels great no matter what. You just go to the gym. For me, it was always that. You ever get such pent up rage that you feel like you could just flip a table with your brain? Yeah. Yeah, that's it, it's that. You go to the yeah. gym, you start lifting these weights that are too heavy, yeah. but it, it it exerts that energy and of course it releases I think it's the serotonin uh in your yeah. brain uh while you're doing the workout. So so then distractions, I guess. You know, Chezzo was kind of a, a, a responsibility, was, but a distraction. Yeah, it was a responsibility that when the be- – cats are the worst for depression, man. They're just like, you want to sleep all day? Fuck yeah, me too. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, no, no. And, but they're, they're, uh, they're, they're great. But, man, they're just like, yeah, let's sleep all day. I'm down. And then they and just stare like, at you with those judgmental eyes. They just walk over and sit on you. You're like feeling depressed. You finally sit up. They sit on you, go to sleep. You're like, well, I'll stay here all day, I guess. Yeah, cool. But dogs, dogs are definitely – better for that kind of thing. I did, I did get, so the day, the day that my dad died, I had, um, I told nobody about it. I just, I didn't say anything. I showed up to work. My best friend, Charlie, he didn't know. Um, and I didn't tell him cause I, I don't know. I just didn't, I just wanted it to be the, I was gung ho on making it the most normal day possible because I didn't want it to like fucking I didn't want to know what my next move was on anything. I just was like, for now, just normal. So I had told I had told Charlie that my dad had died, and um, he had told another guy that would work in the plaza that Jersey Mike's was in, and he was like, oh, okay, um, cool. I guess it's good to know. Like everyone was all sad and shit, and then I had come in for work that following day too. And Anthony, who was the dude that worked in the plaza, he was like, he was like, oh. You should you should stop by. He works at <laughs> he works at a vet's office. He works at a vet's office, and he was just like, "Oh yeah, he uh, you can come look at kittens and puppies that we have. They're cute." And I walk in, and all the cats were like super cute, and I, you know, playing with them. And then there was one in the corner that had like one eye open, and the other one was closed. And it was like he was all congested and fucked up. And he looked disgusting and too skinny in his coat. He, he wasn't grooming himself, so his coat was all fluffed out and gross. And he had a red sticker on his uh, cage. And I was like, what's that one? And it was screaming. And it was screaming and falling while it was screaming and I, at me. And it was, like, trying to get through the bars. And I was like, what's wrong with that one? And he was just like, oh, that one's really sick. Like, we're going to have to put it down. But we the, the chemicals are weather dependent. It was really cold, so we couldn't put it down um, today and like yes, yesterday. So he was he was scheduled to die the same day my dad died, oh, and so I was like, I'm taking it. And so like he's like, what? I'm like, I want it. And so I I they were like, okay. And so I bought this kitten, and I had to sign like 20 waivers saying that this cat will die. It will die. <laughs> like if you take it. And if it dies without, like, you know, you sign this waiver. So if it dies, you know, you you were aware we didn't sell you a bad cat. Like, it was really sick. So they showed me all of the medications it needed. And it needed Mino B shot, like, Mino B12 shots and all these crazy things. And so I come home. My brother was all sad, you know, because our dad just died. And I just put this 
fucking disgusting kitten down on the table. I'm like, we're taking care of this thing. It can't die. And so my brother and I just invested our entire time into this fucking cat. And he became our like best friend. We named him Boba Fett. He was our, he was my cat for like five or six years and he was the best and he wasn't supposed to live that long. Even that was good enough. And he was like the coolest fucking cat ever. So I accomplished it. So I was like, I need a distraction and it's this cat. And so like, yeah, I was, he was, he was best boy. So we definitely did that when he died as a distraction. There's a lot of things that you can do in those kind of situations. How long would you say? Well, after you had the three year delay, everything hit you, uh, started going to therapy. You got Chesa. How long would you say it was before you were, you felt like you could function through a normal day and not completely fall apart? Um, uh, probably about like maybe like around the time I got into cosplay, probably sounds dramatic. It's not like cosplay saved my life. Like, no, it didn't, but it definitely <laughs> made me have like busier things to do with my time. Did you go through a period of time at all where you kind of felt like well, this is life now? I'm never going to feel okay again. I'm never going to get past this. Um, no, 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 I never think like that. That's I, I, part of me is like, I don't want to let a lot of things like that control my life because I don't, I'm not going to dedicate my time to letting this thing dictate how I should live my life. Cause you can differentiate between this is your brain saying this and this is actually how you feel. I think that's actually really poignant. Yeah. You know, we, I think we, I think we undersell the effect that the chemicals in our brain have on our yeah. perspective. And I think where that can become dangerous is, uh, the fear of feeling that way again. Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, for me, I've always had the issue with depression of, I don't want to feel this again, but I know that if I hang on for just a couple of days, it'll pass, mm-hmm. but then it's going to come back. <sighs> oh, and you, you know, your logic at that time is, yeah. is sound. I don't, I don't want this. So I'm just, what do I do to make sure this never happens? It's again? like a breakup. It's like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to break up because it's going to suck. But then as the weeks pass, and the more you separate yourself from that person, you start feeling a little bit more like yourself again later on. So you kind of have to like attack that shit head on sometimes, right. which sucks. And it is hard. But is hey, do you want to keep feeling that way or do you want to work towards not feeling that way? I have to tell you, I think you're the prime example of a, of a really good success story. You're somebody who came from not a life anybody would intentionally <laughs> sign up for. No offense, but I mean, yeah. this will be real. Nobody would have signed up for that intentionally. And- you seem incredibly well put together. Yeah, and, and I mean that in the, in the best compliment. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I think most people who would have gone through that period of time with that kind of shit, just even prior to the passing of your dad. Yeah. A lot of them end up not okay. I feel like they would at least start smoking cigarettes. <laughs> you know, among other things. I don't even smoke <laughs> cigarettes. Yeah, or heroin or something, man. I don't fucking know. Like, uh, I just... I was just like, you know, pull your bootstraps up and this is what you got to deal with. And this is the cards you're dealt with and you can't change it. So I'm not a person who like, I hate that fucking shit where the people are like, why do people do, why do people ask this question? They're like, what's your biggest regret in life? I'm like, why are you rehashing these statements? (laughs) Like what? Like, why would you sit there and fixate on it? That's the thing is regrets. Like regrets are fucking stupid. They're like the worst thing to even pride yourself on having, you know, because like, it's just the way it's the way you handled that situation and that shows your growth as a person. So like 
you wouldn't be there if these situations did or didn't happen to you. Uh, I think I was a little confused when you were first saying that. I think we're actually on the same page because I was going to say, I think regrets are a good thing to have Yeah, because it shows you much like your stepmother who not to be or how not to approach something again. Exactly. Don't dwell on it if you can, but don't forget it because then you're damn near doomed to repeat it. But like the, the, what I mean is like when people are like, you know, those stupid like Q and a things, generic ones and like. What's the biggest thing you regret? I'm like, mm. what the fuck? Fuck you for that question. That shouldn't be a normal question to ask. Yeah. Fuck you. Like, I hate those. I think that, you know, it's it's good to look back on things that you've done. And whether or not you handled them right or not tells you much about your character. Well, then you'll like these. Because at the end of these podcasts, once we get past all the detriment and you know, <laughs> the hardships and what you did to survive yeah. it, basically, I like to ask you. Quick series of questions, and okay. they're, they're basically a you know rapid fire question and answer round. All right, I, I think you'll like them. If not, well then f- fuck you. Okay, well, nothing <laughs> nothing you can do about it. All right, where would you like to see yourself in five years? That's the only typical one. Don't look at me with those judgmental eyes. Where would you like to see yourself in five years? In a mirror. <laughs> okay, what do you hope to leave behind when your time on this planet's done? My Prius. <laughs> <laughs> you're counting on that thing lasting a long long time hell yeah <laughs> <laughs> all right what's the last thing that made you laugh until you cried um oh my god it was it's not funny but it's funny it was a video it was a video of a raccoon and it was like people are giving it cotton candy and it would go to the river to wash the cotton candy, but all the cotton candy oh. would disappear and it would come up and he'd be like, where's my cotton candy? And it was fucking funny. It was so funny. It was, you posted it. It was pretty comical. It was, I felt bad for him. You felt bad as fuck because they're stupid. That's why. <laughs> and then they're just digging through the water. Like, he was like, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't understand. I cried and then I laughed really hard because I was like, raccoons are fucking dumb. They don't understand. And of course it reminded you of your stepmom too. I'm probably. Nice. <laughs> uh, if you stub your toe on the coffee table, what is your go-to string of swear words? I don't say anything. No, I don't. If when I when I hurt myself real bad, I don't say anything. Okay. Yeah, John Gray's my witness. If I get hurt really bad, I just get quiet. Yeah, you do. That's when I know things are bad. And then if you t- <laughs> and if you talk to me, I'll kill you. Yeah, exactly. You just you just get silent. Up. And you just leave? Yeah, I don't say anything. I'm silently dying inside. No. Leave me alone. Uh, name a song that was ruined for you and why. Um, uh, uh fucking, uh, <laughs> wait, no, that's not one. I was going to say Despacito, but because it's turned into such a meme and I used to just hate it. And then now I guess it's fucking funny as shit. Now I can't stop playing it because it's funny and it reminds me of memes. So I guess it's a bad song, but I play it for that. But that's not one. I can't think of any song that's ruined for me now. What's the only one that's coming to mind right now? Really? There's no song that comes on the radio. You're like, nope, don't want to relive that. Uh, Any Phil Collins song. I just don't like him. Yeah, we went through that last night. I fucking hate Phil Collins. <laughs> oh, yeah. Anytime he came up on the TV for the Disney, I just muted the yeah, audio. You, you stop no, that shit quick. no one was going to listen to anything. <laughs> Fuck you, Phil Collins. I just mute him. Fuck you, Phil Collins. <laughs> what did Phil Collins ever do to you? Be a disappointment. Why? Because his stupid in the air tonight drum solo is just not even worth the hype. Oh my God. <laughs> it's the dumbest fucking thing. If you could change any one thing about yourself without any limitations as to what it would be, what would you change? Let me close. 
So th- th- these these are not being answered at all the way I expected them to be. <laughs> Why is your butt so small? Because I don't think your opinion matters. <laughs> it just doesn't. Why do you always Photoshop your neck to be longer in pictures than it really is in real life? According to Reddit, it's not. <laughs> I have a really long neck. I just bury it in my hair. I just bury it in my hair. Loch Ness Danica. It's true. Tell me about a mean or funny prank that you played on somebody. Um, this one time John Gray's roommate was being a fucking asshole. So we got over like 1500 cups and we filled them all full to the, to the very like brim to where it was like, I forget the word for it, where the water was surface retention. Hmm. Yeah. Or whatever. We filled it up all the way and we put them all over his floor. So he couldn't take one step without having to like move a cup and we covered them. How long did that take? Uh, five hours. Jesus. He came home, and if you move the cup too much, it'd spill water. We had a pitcher, and we filled it up all that way, so he had to have a bucket and just dump it all out <laughs> to get in. If you uh, had your choice of a theme song that would play any time you walked into a room and you would hear it too, what would it be? It would be Hall & Oates, You Make My Dreams Come True. You would want to hear that? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Last one. <laughs> Someone asked you to name their pet dog, but you only had 10 seconds to do. What would you name it? Bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. It was one second. <laughs> Not even. I barely got the thumb up. Yeah. Well, all right. All right. All right. <laughs> Never asking you for pet names. Okay. Definitely not putting a time limit on it. Its name's Bitch. Its name is Bitch. <laughs> Yo, Bitch. Tesla responds to it. It's cool. Oh, I wish we could see that, that look on her face. <laughs> well, I really appreciate you sitting down and sharing Thanks all this Thanks for having us. me, man. Oh, my pleasure. All right. We'll see you guys next time for episode three, hopefully in a couple of weeks. So whether you're watching or watching, watching, watching or listening, I appreciate it. And thank you.